Dionisio at the plate. He's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's oh, it's raining now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I am Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. Um, we are doing episode number 125 this week as we recap our trip to Milwaukee. Uh, first time back since the first year of this uh, podcast. Um, and we went to see the Chicago Cubs on the road, taking on the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, and uh, it was a great eighth inning for Cubs fans, for sure. Uh, but before <laughs> we get into that, um, we have uh, our number 125 in, in the stats. Jack, what do you got for this week? Yeah, so, um, Jeremy, I went a little outside the box. Uh, typically, we've been doing wins and home runs. Uh, but, you know, uh, those are great. You know, sometimes, though, you're not always going to get a real extensive list of guys. So, um, and also, you know, with just doing those two, um, you know, we may miss some relief pitchers uh, who didn't get 125 wins. We might uh, miss some guys who weren't home run hitters. So for this one, I decided to go outside the box a little bit because I wasn't really liking who I saw for 125 on wins or homers. So I decided to look at 125 steals. Okay. What are, who are some players who had 125 steals? And the guy that caught my, uh, my eye, Jeremy, was Carlos Lee. Oh, yes. The Carlos Lee. Would you have believed that he had 125 steals in his career? No, that's messed up. I've, I've, I, you know, that might be a misprint, I feel. <laughs> um, yeah, Carlos Lee, his, uh, he's listed as 6'2", 270 pounds. I don't know if he played his entire career at that weight, but he, uh, he always seemed like a big guy. Um, he played a couple of years with the Brewers uh, 2005 through, through the, to 2006, um, and I liked him when he was on the Brewers. I mean, he wasn't on there very long, but he was good. Uh, they had El Caballo's corner, which I believe was in left field, um, you know, because <laughs> I think that's where he would hit most of his most of his uh, home runs. That was a long time ago, so I'm not sure if it was exactly there. But, um, yeah, I liked him. He was a guy who played every day. He played like 155-plus games a whole bunch of times in his career, uh, mostly known for hitting home runs, and he was a good average hitter, too. He had 285 for his career. But, uh, yeah, he was consistently in double digits for steals so i don't i don't know who the genius manager was who gave him the green light it looks like <laughs> well, he played for uh, ozzy um so yeah, yeah maybe i guess ozzy must have uh you know seen seen some uh, seen some speed in him or something but he was he was a base stealer in 2006 he had 19 steals in 2003 he had 18 so uh yeah this guy could he could motor a little bit he could get you some bags that, um, I'm I'm looking it up. I'm gonna guess Jerry Manuel. Yeah, Jerry Manuel was his rookie. Who was his manager when he was a rookie? Um, yeah. Honestly, um, first of all, I missed the opportunity to say El Caballo, like uh, <laughs> in the uh, hawk voice. Um, but uh, but yeah, damn. I mean, like his numbers are pretty good. Like I don't think I've ever looked at his numbers overall uh, for his career, but uh, pretty good. I do not remember his stint on the Marlins at all. Um, in his last year. Um, but uh. Yeah, I mean, uh, the stolen like the homers and consistency in homers and average is pretty striking, but the the stolen bases is is kind of crazy. Did not realize that. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, this guy's got good numbers like uh, for for his career. I mean, uh, I'm sure there's some White Sox fans that think he should be in the Hall of Fame, but uh, <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. These are these are these are good numbers for a guy who played 14 years. 
Yeah, they are. Um, uh, another one stat that stuck out to me, though, that I feel like has to be said, 2007. He had a really good year, hit over 332 homers, 119 RBIs. But he also grounded into 27 double plays. So here, yeah. here we're talking about a guy who stole yeah. 125 bases, but he also consistently grounded into 20-plus double plays. It looks like just he did it about five five times he grounded into over 20 double plays. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I, I Man... I wish I wish we could talk to like a Carlos Lee historian because I want I want to know like <laughs> how he like got these so like did he like you know always run on if the ball was in the dirt or something or like maybe he was just really good at like catchers scouting reports or something who had like a lot of like um you know just wild pitches or something I don't know but like uh that's pretty yeah it's pretty shocking it, it yeah, almost well, make, it makes me wonder um jack who like had the better career uh Car- i always link carlos lee and maglio ordonez uh together and like i mean i without looking up maglio ordonez's numbers I, I have to say carlos lee had to have the better career well uh with looking up maglio ordonez's numbers um holy shit maglio was a 309 lifetime hitter that's crazy mm-hmm. He, yeah. he hit almost 300 home runs. Um, Carlos Lee had a, f- had a few more home runs than him. Um, Carlos Lee had more stolen bases. But, uh, wow, I, I never, never... So, I guess average-wise, Maglio had a little bit better of a career. Man, I never could have told you that Maglio was a 309 career hitter. No, no. Um, that That's that's pretty good. Uh, better than I would have guessed, for sure. Also, um, Carlos Lee has a better, higher OPS for his career. Um, mm mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting uh, category. Or, wait, do, does he actually? Wait. Uh, no, my bad. Maglio, door, uh, Maglio does. So, there you go. I don't know. Uh, that's, what the, you know, that's not that's not really what we're here for is to debate these two guys' careers. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, 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 Jeremy. Two, I guess two, two outfielders at the White Sox uh, let get away. Now, also, neither of whom was on the 05 White Sox, which is – yeah. Very strange. I mean, just imagine if those two guys had, had been on there. But, yeah, anyway, Jeremy, to your point, I don't know how he got all those stolen bases. Maybe he just played a whole bunch of games against Jose Lobatone or something. I don't I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Carlos Lee, uh, interesting guy for sure. Yeah, very nice. Um, Who do you got? Yeah, Jack. Well, you know, I think uh, just for the sake of being able to rehash my, my story about <laughs> about Joe Buck, I, I selected uh, Milton Bradley uh, this okay. week. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, uh, Milton Bradley uh, was on the spent a few uh, tumultuous years with the Cubs. You know, you say a few, Jack, but it was one year. <laughs> I guess it just seemed like like a few. Yeah, he spent uh, he spent about three years of, of you know of Cubs fans' lives in one season, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, you know, just uh, just just to rehash my old my old tale about. Seeing uh, Joe Buck at a golf tournament, I was at a, I was at, I think it was like the BMW Championship um, at, uh, I want to say it was Cog Hill in 2009, and Joe Buck, I, I saw like a pro-am round. It actually turned out to be, again, I, I probably, whatever episode I told the story on before, I probably said the same stuff, but uh, it turned out to be like one of the, the weekends that Tiger Woods had like one of his like final like affairs with one of those porn stars or whatever. Um, sure. Like, uh, he met some porn star like in Chicago during this tournament. Uh, so I, I did see Tiger Woods during the practice round, but um, um, Joe Buck was golfing, and uh, I, I, I <laughs> in a in a in a precursor to what would turn out to be our the whole basis of our 
uh, podcast, I, I got real close to uh, the uh, the front of the gallery, and uh, after Joe Buck teed off and he was wa- he was walking to his second shot, I yelled like, "Hey, hey, Joe, hey, Buck, Cubs fans love you." Um, and he's like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "What what what do you guys think about or how how much do you love uh, Milton Bradley?" Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, again, decent comeback. Um, but uh, yeah, you know. I, I don't know. Looking at Milton Bradley's numbers, it's just as head scratching as as it was back then. Um, the Cubs signed him to a three year, thirty million dollar contract um, in two thousand nine for his age thirty one season. Um, he was coming off of the best season of his career with Texas, uh, where he hit twenty two homers and batted three twenty one. Um, for the Cubs, he uh, played one hundred twenty four games, hit twelve homers, and hit two fifty seven. And somehow the Cubs were able to trade him. Uh, to Seattle. So it's one of those weird things where like, um, I think they traded bad contract for bad contract. Yeah. I was going to say it must've been a swap of bad contracts. Yeah. They got Carlos Silva from the, from the Mariners. And he, um, I remember he had maybe like, I want to say maybe his like his first two starts with the Cubs were, were, were pretty good. And then just, um, went downhill and he actually didn't even, um, he, he must've been under contract for those two years, but I mean, so the Cubs probably paid him for one year that he didn't even play. Yeah, I was going to say, Jeremy, I was looking at his career earnings here, and he made like twelve million that first season with the Cubs, and eleven million in the second season he didn't play. Uh, so it was yeah. definitely a, a swap of two two bad like contracts with two more years left on them. Yeah. So I don't, man. I don't. What's worse, paying Carlos Silva Silva for a year that he didn't play, or paying Milton Bradley for two bad years? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's 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 a good philosophical. It's, you know, we'll have to have like you know, rain delay theater philosophical debates, and we could do Carlos Lee versus Maglor or, or Donius, <laughs> and then we'll do that uh, debate as well because I don't really know what the answer to that is. I think I think in the long run, I'd rather pay the guy to not have him be screwing up my team than have him be on my team and still paying him. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's yeah, that's absolutely valid. Um, the the one memory I, I have of Milton Bradley is that me and my dad went to a Cubs game during this season, and uh, he was in the on deck circle, and he was taking practice swings as if from like as if he was going to hit from both sides of the plate. Oh, okay. uh, it was incredibly weird, and he's I've never seen a guy do that before, and I think he was kind of famous for being an, an oddball of sorts. Yeah. Uh, so that was uh, that was very bizarre. Um, I was trying to think if cause for for some reason today uh, I kept thinking about the Lou Pinella rant where he goes and they criticize me unjustly. Like I think it's uh, that use of the word unjustly is funny because it's not a word that like people use much in conversation. Uh-huh. It's like when it's like during Lee Elia's rant when he says multifold. Um, but. <laughs> But uh, but no, that must have been during the 2010 season because because Pinella names all of the outfielders he has and he doesn't he doesn't name Milton Bradley. Um, sure. So uh, yes, so yeah, yeah I uh, but yeah Mar- Mar- Milton Bradley. I guess the reason I, I thought that they had him for a couple of uh, years is because they did sign him to a multi-year deal. He just yeah. didn't 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 play with them for that long and and probably thank God for that if you're a Cubs fan. Yeah, no, for sure. I was I was just putting it into perspective too. This is he's he played in 2009, which like. The Cubs made uh, consecutive playoff appearances in 07 and 08 under Lou Pinella, won zero games combined, and then like you know in 09 they they, they signed Milton Bradley. So it was it was a bad time uh, to be a Cubs fan. Much like this week has been a bad time to be a Cubs fan, which we'll get into. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was my guy, Jack Milton Bradley. 
Um, nice, Jeremy. Well, we uh, we went to we went back to Miller Park. We did it. Um, well, I was very excited. Kind of. It was. Uh, oh, damn. There you go. Yeah, we we went back to American Family Field. There you yeah. go. Um, uh, look look at how look at how instinctual it still is for me. But it was sort <laughs> of sort of an impromptu trip. Um, Jeremy, you texted me and just kind of it, uh, less than twenty four hours before we ended up going to the game. Um, that there were $6 tickets for this uh, Brewers-Cubs game. It's a marquee matchup, uh, the first and second place teams in the NL Central um, to be had uh, for $6. So those are those are White Sox prices. Yeah. So, you know, I, how, how do you pass that up? No, it was, it, was, it was wild. It was weird, and, like, I had to, like, check it a couple times. And, um, yeah, and it turns out the game didn't sell out either, and uh, we were debating on the way home, like, you know, what, like, are these games are games actually selling out now that they're full capacity? It's like, you know, um, what may, people seem maybe still a little uh, hesitant to to go back to the ballpark. We're not sure, but um, I'm almost like you know, like you know, you 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 rip like White Sox fans for not showing up at games uh, when tickets are so cheap, or they're so cheap because Sox fans don't show up at games. I almost think this is an indictment of Cubs fans for not for not selling out all the six dollar seats in Miller Park, like or Amfam Field. They should they should be for six dollars. You should be you should be no matter no matter where you are in Chicago, you should be driving up to Milwaukee to uh to to go see the Cubs at Brewers. Um, but uh, there cer- certainly were plenty uh, of fans there. Um, but yeah, so I ended up uh, um, this all came together Sunday night. We went to the Monday night game. Um, I drove up. Uh, Pick Jack up uh, at uh, at his uh, his childhood home, right? Yeah, so I was at my folks' house, um, you know, spending a couple days with them. My my work schedule recently changed, so I, I now had two consecutive days off again. So I was able to uh, visit my my family for a little bit. Um, and yeah, Jeremy picked me up at my uh, my folks' house, and he met my mom. Uh, I don't think you hadn't you've never met either of my parents, so that was that was kind of a weird. I I had thought you'd met them at a show or something, but I guess not. No, no, I uh, not officially. I think I saw them, but didn't really get over to talk to them. But, um, but yeah, so that was cool uh, to to meet your meet your folks. I feel I, I said something weird to your mom. I was like, "Yep," uh, she's like, "So we heard a lot about you." And I said, "Like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, Jack's a a good guy to have around or something." Oh Jesus! Think. Yeah, no, thank God. I, I, I was a little disorganized trying to get my shit together. Thank God I got down there when I did, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I didn't know what to say. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Jack's a, Jack's a good guy. Like, I don't, I'm so used to meeting, like, parents of my, my students, you know, and, like, saying, like, you know, complimentary things about them. But it's like, I, I don't really need to tell your mom, your mom that you're a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of weird. And I was, I should have been prepared for it, but, uh, but yeah, no, it it, it was uh, a, not a moment too soon for you to you to get uh, get down there and uh, you know uh, move things along. I yeah, guess. yeah, that can that can go on my tombstone, Jeremy. He he was a good guy to have around, you know. <laughs> I like it. That's good. Yeah, very nice. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we headed over to the park. Um, you know, uh, we we this is one of the only games that we go to like certainly one of the few games we go to where there's actually like a parking lot that we like park in. And so, um, I pre pre purchased parking. Um, and, uh, it's kind of like, you know, uh, like a, a crawl into the stadium parking, but we, we got into a, we got into our spot, got into the parking lot filed in. Um, you know, we saw the, the sign for American family field, um, which is the we still didn't figure out if they changed it this year or last year, but uh, but yeah, it's no longer Miller Park, which just seems 
wrong. It just seems like Miller Park is such a perfect fit for the Brewers in Milwaukee. Like I don't know, I don't know how they like let that. It seems like maybe there's not that much incentive for Miller Beer to like pay for the naming rights because I feel like they're gonna serve. They still serve Miller Beer and like it was like pretty predominantly featured. Um, but uh, but yeah, it just seems weird. Um, but uh, it is what it is. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. We headed in, and uh, I think one of the first things we did was head to the uh, the team store to take a look at. Uh, we got there with a few minutes to spare, so we headed to the team store to take a look around at some of the hats and jerseys and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, they yeah. they had they had some cool stuff there. Um, you know, they uh, they had I, I like their big row of hats. Uh, the Brewers have had a lot of hats in their uh, you know in their existence. Um, they didn't have the Seattle Pilots hat that Jeremy bought the last time we were at the park, so that was kind of a disappointment. They do have the ugly ass Notre Dame Brewers logo from the mid '90s. Um, I may I may one day own that hat, Jeremy. I don't know. Um, yeah, we've, the temptation we've talked, is there. Yeah, we've talked about that one, and it's so it's such a weird oddball hat that um, you know I think I would if I was a a Brewers fan I would probably own that one just just out of irony. But um, but yeah, I am glad that I I jumped on that uh, pilot hat when I had the chance. Um, but uh, let's see. So so I did. I was kind of taken uh, right off the bat by um, they have like a case of like authentics, like game used things, um, and they have uh, these cards. These what what they call relic cards, which uh, contain pieces of like either a base or a jersey or a bat or a ball. Um, and uh, they had those uh, for Brewers players um, in this, like, case, this, like, glass case. And uh, I, I was asking someone, like, uh, they were, like, locked up in this case. And I was interested, like, how much they were or whatever. Um, and um, I think – I'm not even sure what I asked the kid. I think I said, do you have any more of those or, like, um, whatever. And so I went up to this kid. He was, like, a young kid, probably, like, a teenager, I would say. Um, and uh, I asked him about the – the cards and he started telling me about him and he's like oh i uh, noticed that you're wearing the wrong hat and uh you know i was wearing my cubs hat and a cubs shirt and i'm like i didn't again i didn't know what to, to respond to it so i said an equally uh awkward response i said like oh uh, well uh I don't, who knows maybe i'm in the market for for some for a new hat or something man you were uh, you were killing it jeremy uh <laughs> tonight know. dude i know i was like i wasn't prepared for and it, you know, we said it was short notice for the game. I, just, for, I wasn't, you weren't prepared for banter. You know, no, no. I was just wanted to get. I wanted to get. I was honestly. You walk into Miller Park or whatever park, and all I'm thinking about is the food, really. So, <laughs> I, I was just like trying to get get to that point. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I don't even know why. I think I, I what I really wanted to do is ask the prices for those cards. But um, he he ended up telling me he's like, oh, I think what he said he was like, oh, and we got even more in this in our authentic store. And, like, he, he directed us down to this, like, authentic store, and he gave this, like, way too detailed directions. He kind of kept going on and on about, like, okay, you, you know where this is? Well, when you look this way, it's to your right, and they got stuff there, and, like, just keep going this way. And he's like, what, what, you know, he was, it was just way too detailed. And so, finally, we ended up um, uh, going to the, this little authentics key, kiosk, and I ended up buying one of these um, ball relic cards. I got a Corbin Burns uh, ball relic card. It was, like, 25 bucks. Um, but it's like a piece of a game used ball and it's like authenticated and it's from a real game that he pitched in this season. So it's pretty cool. I, I, as a collector, I don't have a ball relic card yet. So I wanted to pick one up. So thought that was cool. But, uh, but that kid was, that kid was razzing me. Um, and, uh, 
it was like it was good natured, but I'm like, man, this kid's like fucking like 20 years younger than me, and he's like he's giving me crap. Yeah, well, the thing is, too, Jeremy, um, when, when, so when we came back into that store, because we, we needed to buy the scorecards um, yeah. after, after you got the Burns card, and he, um, he, he saw you again, and he goes, hey, it's the Cubs guy again. Yeah. Um, and now let, let's be clear about this. Like, probably half the stadium, yeah, maybe a third of the stadium was Cubs fans. There were 30,000 people at the game, and 10,000 of them had blue and red on. Jeremy, yeah. what you were wearing, I mean, you had on a, a blue T-shirt that was, like, probably a Cubs T-shirt. You had a, on a flannel shirt over that, and then you had a, on a Cubs hat. So it's yeah. not like you had your face painted red and blue and, like, you know, uh, uh, like a, a Baez jersey on and, um, you know, whatever, whatever else. You Cubs know, wristbands it, and, like, a, you know, like a Cubs uh, uh, sweatband. Yeah, no, I wasn't, I wasn't that decked out. No, no, but like this guy like kept calling you out as the Cubs guy when there were other people who were way more decked out than you. <laughs> yeah. So it was uh, it was kind of funny that like he was giving you know just giving you shit about it. I don't know if it's just like a vibe that you and I like give off sometimes that we're like the type of guys who will just take take that stuff in stride. <laughs> right. But but, uh, but yeah, but there it was. Um, so the finding the scorecard itself. Uh, was also in adventure. Um, uh, we are through in our initial like trek through the score uh, through, through the store the first time. We didn't see we didn't see scorecards, um, and just because I think that when ultimately when we got them, they kind of had them near the counter or behind the counter. Yeah. Um, and they didn't have any stands that sold uh, specifically sold scorecards, which I yeah. kind of feel like is is a thing of the past now. Um, it Maybe. was definitely trending in that direction before the pandemic, but now like. You're just not ever going to see a stand where they just sell programs and scorecards anymore, which uh, which kind of sucks. It hasn't happened at any of the three parks we've been to. Um, yeah, we'll, so we'll we... see. We'll see what happens by the end of this year or next year. But uh, it's yeah, there there haven't been around this year. Right. No. Um, so you know, like a couple of like Pavlov's dogs, we we said okay, so we need to we we don't know where scorecards are, so we'll we'll head to the guest relations stand and see what we can find out. Um, and Jeremy, I'll say this. So they, they say the, the confines of Wrigley, uh, like it's the friendly confines. I, I think AmFam Field could, should be known as uh, the confused confines <laughs> or something yeah. along those lines. Because we, we asked multiple people for help with multiple things before the game and nobody nobody could help us it was like uh it was like the scene and it, it was kafka-esque as they might say <laughs> in uh in in breaking bad you know it's like the scene in the trial where uh yosef k tries to find out what crime he's being charged of and he goes to the courthouse and nobody can tell him you know that's a deep literature reference for you uh for you know for you literature folks there um but yeah it, it was like that trying to find the scorecard so we go to guest relations the lady, uh, she says she doesn't have any. She's like, oh, well, you can find them, uh, you know, you can find them in, the, in the, the team shop or whatever. And we're like, yeah, okay. And then I think we kind of both muttered to each other, like, yeah, she probably doesn't even know what a scorecard is. You know, like, we were kind of, I think we were kind of pissed that we didn't get free scorecards. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we walk back and we get the scorecard at the team store. And now in, you know, we, we got it. We walk out of the team store and I'm like, uh, okay, I like it. Like it's on card, you know, it's on like a card stock, like kind of a cardboard thing. Um, I, I said, oh yeah, it's kind of a good scorecard. And then, and you pointed out to me that it was a generic scorecard. So they didn't have, <laughs> they didn't have, ro <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know, a couple of tough guys to please, you know, um, <laughs> but, uh, right. Yeah. No, I, I the, the way I recall it, Jack, we were walking out and we were kind of like, all right, we got the scorecards. And I, I opened it up as we were walking out the front door of the gift shop. And I'm like, 
ah, generic card though. <laughs> like, oh yeah, right. Um, so it, then we, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So it, it was. So it was, and it's a problem if you're trying to keep score. Um, it's just it's a pain in the ass to try to figure out what number players are. Um, you know, like especially like if a, if you know where we were sitting, we were sitting in the left the left field upper deck. So when a right-handed pitcher was pitching, it's like you got to wait for him to turn around. Uh, to see his number, so it's it it, yeah. it can be it, it can be a pain if you don't have the rosters there. Um, plus, you know, it can be fun to just kind of look at all the guys on the roster, try to guess who's going to be pinch hitting and come into pinch hit stuff like that. Um, so we went back to guest relations and we asked them <laughs> if they had a copy of the of the roster of the team rosters for the game, yeah. and somehow it was a different guy. It was an older guy working there. He almost looked like Christopher Lee. The actor Christopher Lee or Christopher Plummer? No, he looked like Christopher Plummer. Right. Not, um, or, nor, not nor did he look like Carlos Lee. <laughs> um, so yeah, this like silver-haired, like older, kind of taller guy. So Jeremy, Jeremy asks him, um, uh, "Hey, do you have rosters for the game?" And and he did one of those things where his mouth twisted into into the shape where you could tell he was about to say something. And then he stopped himself, thought better of it, and said a different thing. So it's like Jeremy <laughs> asked him if he had the rosters, and he went, "We do not." Um, <laughs> and it like, and Jeremy immediately after that said to me, "He's like, man, I you should be taking the lead on this stuff, you know, with that with my Cubs gear on. Like, you know, people are kind of like clowning me here." Um, and maybe that was correct, but like, I feel. I feel like they had rosters, and for some reason they just decided not to give them to us. Like the guy, uh-huh. the guy was—I will, you know—I will take that uh, to the to the grave. That that guy was about to say something else, and for some reason, I don't know if it was your Cubs fandom or because he thought like we were a couple of punks or something. He was just like, "I'm not going to give these guys rosters." <laughs> I, it, it certainly would be. Uh odd and confusing for him to not like maybe the if, if they did have them maybe they're reserving them for like members of the press but like yes uh but what fucking press what kind what fucking like like beat writer is going up to that guy asking for a roster like they have him up in <laughs> that guy sitting in the press box and getting him there like the only time that like i got one from like that should have been like for a press guy was at um tropicana field um I walked by a stand and and they had like all these rosters printed out and I asked them if I could have one and I and they said yes and I noticed that that the door that the lady was standing by was was led right to the press box um but I don't think we were in that position so like I don't know I don't know what the deal was and th- those people had like big stacks of paper standing in front of them like sitting in front of them on the counter so like I don't know what the hell those were but it, it was odd and like yeah it was just like it set the tone for like people just not <laughs> being helpful not knowing anything like where anything was um, so uh, that would that would uh, hold true for this next thing that we we um, encountered once we actually got um, upstairs to our seats um, we were yeah. yeah go ahead jack well we uh so the first thing we do uh we did was uh we decided to make a, a pit stop so we went to the restroom jeremy the restrooms were the restrooms are, are a win at amfam field they're pretty nice uh the above the sink they have this nice ledge where i don't know if it's for like setting your stuff on it but like uh you know you can like set your stuff on the ledge the soap dispensers have like brewers logos on them i yeah. don't know i thought it was pretty cool yeah yeah good tidy bathroom um uh, it was good for me just like having stuff like at that point I was carrying the bag with the relic card and I took my flat, my, my, my shirt off at that point. Um, and, uh, so it, it was, it was nice to be able to have a place that 
an unsoiled place to uh, put to put my stuff down. So that was nice. Hard, um, yeah, hard to find in a big league bathroom for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. After after that though, we decided to get some eats uh, before we. Um, you know, before we before we went to our uh, went to our seats, and the keyword and, uh, there is we, right, Jack? Yeah, we I was gonna say. Me. So I, I can't remember what the over under was for me eating at a game, but I think it was one point five. Um, yeah. So I we're over halfway there. You know, all I have to do is do it one more time, and um, you know, I no longer need to get trolled about this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, Jack, but I mean, I, hey, Jack, oh, go ahead. Full disclosure, I. Um, this is this is way off topic here, but uh, I had a, a birthday get together this weekend um, uh, at at my apartment, and Jack came over. Jack was a little late later arriving; he was coming from work. I and we ordered a, a couple pizzas um, for me and like the rest of the guys who were at the house. And I, I, Jack, I may have I may have told the guys, I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't expect Jack to eat any of this pizza. <laughs> God damn you, Jeremy! <laughs> Just I, man, I, th- I thought I was I thought I was a good guy to have around. Dude. <laughs> Maybe that that's why because there's more for more pizza for the rest of us. Yeah, there, um, there you go. There but you I'm like, go. I bet Jack doesn't have any of this pizza. <laughs> oh, great! My reputation, goddamn, preceded me at that one. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Um, all right. Well, hey. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I um, so I you know, hey, it was it was Milwaukee. So I had to, you know, I, I had to get a Polish sausage. I was in the mood for some stadium sauce. Um, and, you know, that's the only place you're going to get it is at AmFam Field. Did, did we did we get in, did we explain what the stadium sauce is to the listeners? I, I don't know 100% what it is, but I want to say it's probably barbecue sauce and ketchup. Yeah, it's a red sauce with, like, a sweet flavor. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what it is, too. If anything, there's maybe, like, some, like, mustard mixed in or something, but, like, it, to me, I, my guess it would be that it's it's barbecue and and uh, and ketchup. It has a a little bit of a kick to it, but it's definitely like a ketchupy barbecue colored sauce for sure. It's good. It's good, and yeah. I, I I don't think they sell it in Chicago. You can you used to be able at least to buy it by the bottle um, in the Milwaukee area. So we used to get it sometimes for hot dogs when I was a when I was a kid. Um, so yeah, we got we got the Polish. Which was cool, but when we got the Polish, uh, the nearest uh, stand with the um, all of the condiments, there was no, there was all they had was ketchup and mustard. So there was no, there was no stadium sauce. Yeah, there, so, there, to their credit, there were packets of sauerkraut, which is again something that you're not going to see anywhere outside of uh, Milwaukee. I feel, um, and the other thing is like the at at the uh, brew at Brewers Park, like they have. The, when they have the stadium sauce, it's just in a bottle. It's like a bottle that you would get. It's like a bottle of like ketchup or whatever, but it's a bottle of stadium sauce, which is like, again, like it's something that I feel like you wouldn't see outside of Milwaukee because if you had it in Chicago, someone would just grab the bottle and take it for, for no good reason. Um, so I don't know if that happened at this stand because it was, there wasn't a bottle at this stand, but, uh, yeah, no, you're right, and I, I was a little disappointed that they had it there by the bottle because I, I wanted to do it from a dispenser. It, it was a little. I, I feel like it's easier when you're when you have a hot dog in that scenario to just do it from a dispenser than have to mess around with like you know doing it from the bottle because with the bottle too you always have to kind of shake it that one time before you squeeze oh, yeah, it. Sure. Um, and it's just you know it was fine, and I felt like I put like I di- I didn't distribute the sauce well enough on my on my uh, my dog. Uh, but but whatever we ended up getting it, but it was after some searching. So when when I didn't initially see the stadium sauce at that first condiment stand, I there there was a nacho stand um, right by that condiment stand, and so I, I went up to the the nacho guy there, 
and I, I asked him, hey, like, do you know um, what the what the closest uh, like stand would be that has stadium sauce? And his response to me was, uh, oh, you're you're uh, you're gonna have to ask over there. And he, he pointed to the stand where I just bought the the Polish dog. Yeah. And he goes, we we really only deal with the nachos over here. <laughs> I was, you know, and I thought, like, so so like you know when you when you've been walking from the break room. Like you haven't seen where like stadium sauce is. Like yeah. you know, if somebody if somebody asked you where the bathrooms were, would you answer that question? I got the sense that he just didn't want to answer this question because it wasn't about nachos. Like he may have even known where where it was. Again, like just because it wasn't about nachos, this guy didn't want to want to deal with it. It's there's so many things. It's like, sir, I am but a lonely nacho dealer. I have I know nothing of hot dogs or their condiments. Uh, and then it's like. If you want to know, hey, if you got any questions about a, a black olive or sour cream or some chives, I'm your guy. But anything that goes on a hot dog, not my department. <laughs> You're going to have to ask somebody else. But, yeah, it was totally unhelpful. Like, just, like, yeah, it's like you didn't, you don't have, there's not like a walkie-talkie where someone says, oh, we're low on stadium sauce in section 102. Stat, we need, we need bottle stat. You know, it's like none of that. Like, he never once gleaned any information about where stadium sauce may be. Um, but, uh but yeah, that was that was funny. It's like the guy, yeah, just no help, surely because he's only on nachos. Yeah, yeah. So the the dude just completely washed his hands of me. So we had to just we had to kind of wash, uh, wa- just walk, uh, you know, willy nilly around the upper deck to try to to try to find a, a bottle. So thankfully we thankfully we were able to find some. But that was a little crazy. I should have done an experiment. I should have asked the people at like the those you know those nut stands, uh, those like roasted <laughs> right. nut stands. Yeah. I should have asked them a question about like the taco stand or something and seeing if I got a similar response, you know, <laughs> right. where it's yeah. like they just, you know, th- th- those people are kept on a strict need to know, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. They keep the very, it's very, it's all very hush hush uh, right. <laughs> amongst different concessions. Um, but yeah, Jack, we did find it. Um, once we did, uh, once we did get uh, to the stand and, and get the, the sauce, we, we kind of popped open the containers that our Polishes were in and we both had like an odd, uh, observation and similarity we both got polishes and there was a odd similarity to both of our polishes yeah it was like the 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 buns were like little kids buns yeah yeah it was weird like the dog the dog was really big it was as big as you would expect a polish dog to be but the the buns were like just just minuscule um they were they were tiny um i i felt like they were just trying to either get rid of those buns or they ordered the wrong bun uh it just it didn't make a lot of sense yeah, or maybe it's maybe it's a marketing thing where it's an optical illusion where it's like, hey, listen, we, you know, or we have to downsize, like, you know, like we can't, or like, you know, it's like we can't we can't uh, improve the polishes, so let's make the buns smaller so the polishes look bigger or something. <laughs> I don't know, um, but uh, some some creative uh, optical illusions. I'm not sure, but the the polish ended up being pretty damn good anyway. Um, but, uh, and maybe some could argue that, that too much bread gets in the way, but, uh, it was, it was odd. Um, but, uh, but it was, it was, a, despite all of those things, the Polish was still like, um, ah, chef's kiss really good, you know? Yeah, it was good, Jeremy. I mean, I think you, you summed it up when you said your only regret was that you didn't get two. So like, that's, <laughs> I, hey. I try to say it in a poetic way too. <laughs> you did. You did. Um, yeah, ph- philosophical way. But yeah, you weren't. You weren't wrong. I could have. I could have definitely crushed an- another one of those. They were a little bit pricey at you know almost eight dollars a pop, but they were good. Yeah. Well, it would turn out that uh, the game uh, for a while was too close to get up. Actually, I did try to get up and get more food, and like 
I, I hate to say this, but I didn't get any cheese curds. Um, and that kills me to go all the way up to Miller Park and not get uh, cheese curds, um, which I think is the best thing on the menu. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to make it up to another game this year. I agreed. Uh, yeah, I would, I would certainly not be opposed to that. Um, so uh, we, uh, we, we got to our seats. We sat down. We ate our Polish. We were some of the first people in our section. Yeah. Um, I mean, let, let's, this, this was all. The game started at 7.10, and we probably sat down about 6.30. This was a late-arriving crowd. Um, you know, you would have thought you were at a Dodger game for how late everybody was arriving. And I, I think the thing of it was that they were um, – that just everybody was tailgating and nobody gave a shit about actually getting into the game, especially people who would buy $6 tickets to a baseball game on a Monday night. Um, so for the first hour plus of the game, we were just dealing with people filing in. So when, when we sat down, it wasn't immediately apparent to us who, who we would be sitting by. No, for sure. And like, and, and when people did start rolling in, they were rolling in in like fucking like groups of like 10 plus. And, uh, I had to like say to Jack, I'm like, this has got to be tailgate people, right? Because it's like every every group that came in seemed like it was like you know their company outing or something like there was the first big group of people to come in were like these like kind of like i don't fucking know like 20 somethings or something like just or like like they looked like an office party it was like a it was an oddly diverse group of people like i don't know if they were like theater people or what but it, it was weird um jack i just watched this documentary about we work uh on on hulu and like the cult nature of it and like most of the people working there were like in their 30s and like it looked like it looked like a bunch of those people like these like brain easily brainwashed stupid we work uh people um and like they all showed up like at the game and you know probably they that group might have made it before first pitch um but most of the people missed first pitch um but yeah it was it was odd um this is not even the first group that showed up but kind of one of the more again you know it's so weird man jack some of the some of the biggest uh goofballs that we've encountered at rain delay theater they're like they're like you know shooting stars that burn bright and fade out uh meaning that like they're only there oddly for like one inning and then they're gone forever sure Um, but this group behind us uh was kind of like the first uh group we'll lead off with i think as we hear here as we talk about the fans um but there was a group that at some point these people showed up and I think I think they even came in like uh, or maybe it was like a thing where like I, I OK, so I think it was two couples, Jack, if I yes. remember. Yeah. OK. And like maybe like two of them sat down in their seats first and then the other two like joint like was were maybe going to the bathroom or getting food. And then they they showed up like a couple minutes later. Um, but uh, these people sat down and uh, the, the the star of the show, I don't I'm not sure if he was there yet. Um, I don't think so. But there was like a woman talking and at first I thought she was going to be kind of like the, the mouthpiece of the group. Um, but they sat down and they were talking and they're just making like inane observations about the, 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 the park and the, whatever the experience. And they were like, they were, we were, we were kind of, we were like way up, um, <clears throat> in, uh, along like the, the third base line, uh, in kind of shallow left field. So we had a really good, uh, like sight of like Bernie, the brewer and his little Bernie chalet thing. And so, they they started talking about that and they were like oh uh, that's a that's the, the 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 guy over there and like they didn't know at first they did I don't think they knew his name they didn't say Bernie but they're like yeah the guy over there he he goes down the slide and then someone else says yeah I thought he slid into a, a beer though and there someone else said like oh yeah I think it was a beer back when it was Miller when it was Miller Park which is not true um, it was when it was at County Stadium um, yes 
but they were like, you know, again and again, which would have been like, you know, in 2019. So like they were saying like, oh yeah, back then, like in 2019. <laughs> um, and then they, they also said at some point, they're like, oh, they should have opened the roof, made it cooler in here. Um, and it's like the roof was closed, but there, it wouldn't have, it would not have been it, the, I, we, we were talking about it. I think they had the air conditioning on cause it was not hot. It, um, it actually felt pleasantly cool inside the stadium. Yeah. It was um, pretty comfortable. It was hotter outside the stadium. You know, we commented that the humidity was probably close to 100%. It was a muggy night. It wasn't super hot up, but it had been raining pretty consistently for the past couple of days. So, um, so yeah, it was humid, and I'm glad the I'm glad the roof wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't open because uh, yeah, it would have made things sure. worse. So that was a, that's just somebody who doesn't hasn't been inside of a stadium much. No, for sure. Um, so, so you know, they, those are some kind of early comments by them, but. Uh, the 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 main star of the show would make himself known here um i guess we're calling him boeing guy yeah um, now that 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 works out well jeremy and so so with boeing guy it was one of those things where I, I so i didn't even really hear um any of the things that were that were said that you had just mentioned um and mm-hmm. it, it was it's one of those things where somebody is sitting behind you and they're just talking and talking and talking and you don't really even notice it at first or you don't think that much of it but then all of a sudden you realize it's been 15 or 20 minutes, and the only thing you've been able to hear is this person talking. Yeah. Um, and that's what it was like with Boeing guy. He was talking. He kept saying stuff about, he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, they just kept asking me for my resume. Like, they, you know, they just kept, and like, I didn't really want to even send it to him, but they just kept asking me for my resume. So then, you know, I finally sent it to him, and then, you know... They they hired me, and then he just kept going on and on about like how he didn't really want to like have this job, but the job just wanted him so bad. Um, <laughs> and he had been in, you know, he the worked military. for Boeing for twenty six years, and like he had seemed like he had been a veteran and like was yeah. in the war or something. Uh, and and the guy just kept on talking about his job. It was just a constant monologue about himself that lasted for for an, an hour until they left. Yeah, they were there an hour, and and yeah, like I said, they burned out and faded away uh, quick, because um, they, they all got up to get food or whatever. Maybe they fucking left, um, and they were they were gone. But like in this time, like you know, despite the, this guy was talking about himself, I did hear like two different people say like, "Oh, so you still at Boeing?" You know, like they, they both asked, and, and then and then like I remember he said his job, um, at one point. And she's like, oh, like, what is that? You inspect the, the planes or whatever? And he's go. he says, no, let me, you know, it's more like this. And like, but like the way he said, like, no, was like almost like she insulted him. Like she, <laughs> she, the way she, she hypothesized what his job was, it was like a put down. And he, she's like, so what do you inspect the planes? No. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. like, and then he went on to explain what the fuck he does. But. <laughs> I did. I heard. I do remember them saying something like at one point. He's like, "Yeah, you know, we haven't. Uh, when was the last time? Like back in spring formal, uh, senior year or something." So like, I don't know if they were like high school friends or something that they had just maybe gotten back together or what. I don't know what the fuck happened, but, um, but yeah, this the one guy was just talking nonstop and like, it it really it was crazy and it's like so me and Jack were sitting like a seat apart from each other because um there there were open seats to our left and to our right uh Jack was sitting in one of our we had like the two seats two seats in from the, we had like the seats the third and fourth seat in from the aisle 
Um, and I was sitting in one of those two empty seats and Jack was in one of our real seats and we had a space in between. Um, and so we would try to talk and we'd have to like lean into each other and like we, had, we would have to get close because we couldn't like say something to, to each other over this guy talking about himself. So like we were we were even trying to talk to each other and we couldn't hear ourselves because this guy was just going on and on. But it's like in we were we were talking about just that guy and it's just like, you know, like. We, Jack and I both, uh, you know, kind of uh, resolved that, like, we're not the kind of guys to, to kind of go on about ourselves, like, you know, just like at length or whatever. And, you know, uh, neither one of us, like, is really like likes doing that, like going on about ourselves. I find myself I find myself in situations where I am like talking about myself, about something that I did or my job or whatever. And even if I'm doing that, even if I'm going on and on about something, I at least I have the, the presence of mind at some point to be like. Jesus, like, I got to stop. I got to change the subject. Like, we got to move on because, like, I'm talking about myself like an asshole. And, like, it's like, you know, and then at some point you you just say something like, you know, ah, you know, ah, don't, I'll spare you the details or don't worry about it. Like, you know, it's not that, it's not that interesting or whatever. Um, You know, and then if someone insists, I guess you go on. But, like, you try to, at some point you try to deflect or do something or turn the conversation around. But this guy was just letting this conversation be about him for the whole goddamn hour and he had no problems with it whatsoever. No, I was trying to think if at any point um, anybody, the conversation revolved around any of the other people or just anything else in general. (laughs) And it, it never did at any point. It never stopped being about this guy. And let's also say that things were happening in the game. This wasn't before the game anymore. This was... This the the first few innings of this game were pretty exciting, and yeah. then there was a there was a lull, and then things picked back up towards the end. But for the innings that because I think they left in like the the top of the fourth inning, um, the, the game was pretty had been pretty exciting. Things had happened, um, and uh, uh, th- these people weren't making any comments. Specifically, this guy was not making any comments about the game in front of them that they were watching. You would have thought that they were just at a, a townie bar. Just, just talking amongst themselves and not at a, a major league baseball game. Example of this, example 1A, is after the Avisail Garcia home run, um, literally not five seconds after Avi Garcia crossed home plate, this guy was saying, he's like, oh yeah, you know, when, when me and my kid were in, a, you know, were in Florence, uh, we got lost. And so, uh, you know, you ever heard of that game Assassin's Creed? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess they got uh, Assassin's Creed. Like, in, in, they got Florence in that game. So he, he, you know, my son plays Assassin's Creed so much that uh, you know he was able to find find where we were going just because he, you know, cause, just because he played that game. It's like who gives a shit, man, that yeah. your son plays Assassin's Creed and you were lost in Florence? Like, hey, oh, <laughs> good, good for you, good for you. You were in Florence. Like, wow, you're so, you know, that's a privileged ass story to begin with. But right. you know the fact that like the fact that your son plays video games like who cares dude it's not some great accomplishment that this kid played video games so much that he can like find his way out of a town he's never been to No if anything it's a it's an indictment on, on his parenting <laughs> skills it's like like the kid fucking has played it so much that he recognized a, a map of a city he's never been in before um but uh but yeah like okay cool like so the son got him out of uh, Florence um uh, you know, I guess they'd still be lost today if uh, if the kid didn't play Assassin's Creed uh, for like 24, you know, like for like like 24 hours straight or whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so that was that was a that was just goofy. That was like one of the last things they said before they got up and left. It was it was. And, and something else that happened kind of 
near the time they got up and left was, uh, you know, the, the lady, the lady who, who was, um, she was kind of sitting behind me. I don't know if it was the lady who was making those comments at the beginning or not. It, it but was, I think she I was, It was, yeah. Okay, yeah. so she was the one, I think, maybe who was with Boeing guy. But um, she, uh, she had been, like, putting her feet on the seat next to me because, like, no, no one was in that seat, so she was using it as a footrest. Um, and at, at one point, um, she accidentally, like, kicked my shoulder and I didn't even really feel it. It was pretty mild. Um, uh, but like she, she like rubbed my back, like almost kind of sensually. It was, <laughs> it was very weird. Like I almost, I almost felt like I needed a, a cold shower after, after <laughs> she did that. Um, it, it was, it was like, it was kind of jarring. Like the, the rub of my shoulder was more, um, you know, th that was, that was more, more jarring than like any, any kick could have been. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if she was trying to make Boeing guy jealous Right. Uh, or whatever. It was but, a cry um, for help. It's like she was trying to get out and find a way out of that that situation with him. Um, yeah, it was right. And she said like, "Oh, sorry, honey." And like Jack like didn't really. Uh, yeah, I, I could tell whatever she did. Like Jack didn't really like notice it, and he kind of gave like a half turn, like what? And then uh -huh. like, it, which I felt like it made it even more awkward because she like she probably didn't even look at you, but like I, you know. The way you turned, it was it was kind of with your body language. You said like, "What do you what do you what are you apologizing for?" Um, which is kind of funny. Another thing that that lady did, um, which I guess maybe they didn't show up in two and two, like because I think another guy showed up at some point, uh, mm -hmm. Len, and it was so this this older guy was like coming kind of coming up the aisle, and um, he was kind of doing that thing where he was like looking around, like as if he was like looking for people either people he knew or where her seat was or whatever, and this lady. The same lady kind of like, I don't know if she stands up or she like leans forward and she's like, hey, Len, like that. <laughs> and like, and he's like, oh, hey. But like the guy was like a row in front of us. It was like she yelled it like loud. And the guy and it ended up going like right in my ear. But the guy was like, you know, if you were sitting across the table from someone and you said like, hey, you want some food or something? It's like, <laughs> but it's like he was right there. And, like, she yelled it so loud, and it was just so ridiculous. Um, and then he, like, you know, he turned right away and saw her. Um, but, again, another kind of just uh, thing that these people did, just goofy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so one one last thing about that. And, Jack, this reminded me of uh, a bit that we had um, back in 2018 when we went to the, um, the, the Mets at – Brewers game, which was uh, overheard Wisconsin things. I forgot sure. what, what the official title of that was, but and the the overheard Wisconsin game thing uh, from from that game uh, was uh, uh, you got the keys to the shed, something yeah. like that, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe it was that. Like, yeah, you need the you, yeah, you got those keys to the shed. So I did hear them say at one point, they're like, "You got to get up to that cabin." <laughs> I'm like, I'm like that is a, that is a Wisconsin thing that that like in that in just that one sentence that one phrase it triggered like that whole memory um, from from that game two uh, three years ago uh, where where they talked about you know where we heard only overheard overheard in Wisconsin maybe that's what it was called but yeah you got to get up to that cabin that's a, that's a Wisconsin thing for sure absolutely you wouldn't you wouldn't hear someone from Wicker Park uh, in Chicago saying that you know no. so that's. That's good stuff. Um, yeah, Jeremy. Uh, so throughout the game, you um, you know, you kept mentioning to me that you had kind of a, a theory or like a thesis statement on people who complain about bad seats. 
Yeah, so okay, so like I said, we were we were way up there. We were in row seventeen of the upper deck, uh, reserved section, and um, I think it only went up to like twenty rows, or maybe 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 it's like maybe like twenty two rows or something. But we were up there, I you know, um, <clears throat> just inevitably where you go. Maybe for us specifically because we seat, we're definitely quantity over quality when it comes to uh, baseball seats, um, and I have no problem with that. I mean, like. If I'm going, if I'm traveling to go see another uh, stadium, um, I might try to get, you know, kind of like <clears throat> splurge for, for tickets to get like the full experience. But I also like what my theory of like going to see a stadium is like seeing the stadium from the backdrop angle. Um, like so so sitting behind home plate and seeing like the outfield and like the backdrop of, of the outfield like PNC has an amazing backdrop. Um, <clears throat> Wrigley has a unique one. Um but, you know, when you sit up there, inevitably you hear people complain or just in general people complain. Like my my dad's friend, uh, like we got seats once kind of in the upper deck reserve and he was like, yeah, I'm not sitting up there. And like <laughs> he made us like move uh, and sit in like not our seats. And so when we were up there uh, on Monday, um, <clears throat> there was a group of like four kids, again, like teenagers. And they were like going up the aisle and they were like, <clears throat> excuse me, um, one of them said like, Oh man, he wasn't kidding about them being up here or being up high or whatever, something like that. And uh, you know, so they were like, you know, kind of a kind of a passive complaint about that. But here's the thing: it's like the people who complain about sitting up high at games. It's like I feel like it's it's like what what do you want from like sitting closer? Like what is that gonna? How is that gonna change your experience of the game? Because like I feel like most of the people who complain about bad seats are what are they looking for? Like, are they going to, are they going to be like, Oh, cool. Now I can see like the, the pitch movement of, of, uh, um, you know, uh, Kyle Hendricks curveball, or no, now I can see the signs that the first base or the third base coach is feeding the batter. Like what are they missing sitting far back that they are not getting that, that, you know, what, uh, that they would be getting if they were sitting closer? Like what, what, how does their, their experience other than just saying you were closer to the field or closer to the, like, are they like if a foul ball comes to them, are they going to like go for it or are they going to duck, you know, like behind their seat? Like it, it just I don't <clears throat> I just don't get it. Like it, it's like it's understood that it's cool. It's better to be closer. But why? Why? I would like to ask them, like, why do you want to be closer? What, what is it going to do for you? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think people who complain about stuff like that, it's it's more like uh, just the idea of sitting yeah. in good seats than really sitting in good seats uh, itself. I mean, as someone who's sat uh, in all places in the stadium, um, I can tell you that you're not necessarily really missing anything by sitting in bad seats. Um, you're you're not closer. I mean, you're you're less close, so maybe you're um, you're less like quote unquote into the game than you yeah. would be if you're. Um, I mean, I mean, like you know, sometimes when you're in really good seats you can almost kind of feel the intensity of the game that's that's happening before you in a way that I don't think you can when you're you know when you're sitting much farther away um you know that you you get a much better idea for like the speed of the game when you're when you're sitting close that's that's for any sport you know basketball uh even just baseball you really get an idea of how much the guys motor around third base as they're trying to score um but yeah in general you're not you're not specifically really missing anything gameplay wise well, I just don't like <clears throat> I just don't like sitting like down the line like at Wrigley Field like you know when when I've sat in like field box seats or whatever like when you look at the field like it starts if you're sitting at an angle the 
and you look at the picture and the backdrop is like more people in the stands, like the other side of the stadium. Like, I feel like you don't have like as good of a view. Um, like when you sit in the upper deck, like you can oversee everything. It's like, there's a reason why the announcers sit, they're not sitting like in the first row, you know, there's, they're, they're up in that section, like where everyone else is like, it's so you can see the whole field and like, I mean, yeah, I guess I. I mean, I think a variety is nice. It's it's good to see a stadium, a game from different angles. But like, the the people who are always complaining about seats, like I, I question like what their observations of the game are to begin with. So it just it 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 kind of just, it, I don't know. It's like it, it's it's just kind of like just a night. It's just a concept of like sitting closer is better. But like, I don't know if anyone could actually articulate why it's why they'd rather do it i don't know yeah i uh that, that's a good question jeremy um i mean i i did have really close seats for a basketball game one time like a major college basketball game where i sat directly behind um the uh, the, the team's bench and you know you could hear the uh you could yeah. hear the coach yelling at the players but at the same time though when you sit so close like that you're right you're you're almost you're almost too close i would rather sit in seats that overlooked uh, something, whether that's a basketball court or a, obviously a baseball game. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I feel like as a spectator, it's better to it's better to overlook the the game than it is to be too close because you're really close to like let's say home plate if you're right if you're in the first row behind home plate, but you're you know you're 350 feet away from the outfielder. So yeah. when you know when you're um, when you're mm-hmm. in the when you're in the upper deck, you can you can see everything equally as well. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if I would like extend the same thing to basket, like for basketball specifically, because it's all kind of like it's more, it's certainly more condensed. Um, it's like kind of the the benches are out in the open, so like you know, if there was no dugout and you could sit right behind the dugout, I mean, that would be pretty fucking cool. But um, you know, the, the, yeah, the only thing I could say is like if you want to like yell at the play, like 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 raz the players, um, is it worth? Is it better to sit up close? But again, like who has like what are these people going to yell like hey you know strike out or whatever it's like you know i i that's a whole nother conversation about like properly razzing a player like you know finding finding out some like details about them and really getting specific is probably the best way to go but most people are just are shooting broad with like hey you know get the bat off your shoulder or something but anyway so it was just um you know it was just just something that kind of like hit me uh to to kind of like explore further and it just you know i don't know it uh it's just one of those weird concepts but um but yeah you know sitting that high up i guess you hear those comments a lot from people just like oh man well you know keep going like you know as you're going up the rows like you you know we're not there yet you know like i'm gonna i gotta take a i gotta take a break you know i get my catch my catch my breath till we get to the rest of our the way to our seats (laughs) i don't know anyway so it's a whole thing but um, the so okay so if if the the Boeing group wasn't enough like again they 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 hit hard but but they were gone quickly um, the people in front of us uh, were were kind of like the the in it for the long haul and um, as much as there is to talk about with these people I was telling Jack on the way home it's like it was kind of a bummer to experience this because. The group in question was a dad and three little kids, like little kids, like maybe like seven years and younger, I would say. Yeah, maybe well, even I, less than that. I don't I, know. I guess my uh, my guess would be like so it was it was a dad, a little boy, and then and then two little girls. I, I would probably guess um, that the little boy was maybe eight, 
And I would say maybe the girls were probably nine or ten. So I would I would say that maybe they were like a year, maybe a little bit older than the than okay. the little boy. Um, and yeah, I, I think that the scenario was um, that like one of the um, and that's just coming from a job where I work I work with a, like a lot of little kids. It I sort of get a, a good you know it's sort of a good way to gate like gauge like how how old kids are. So that okay. that would be um, that would be my guess as to their ages. But still little kids and still like you know bordering on too young to really be able to pay great attention at a baseball game definitely um uh i mean i used to like to go to games when i was that age but it's tough it's tough for a kid that age to sit through a a game that long um so well and and at those at that point you you, it seems almost like the parent is dragging the kid more than like the kid wants to go yes um, absolutely kind of turns out to be what happened but but yeah oh yeah and so the, the relationship, I think, was that the and the way they were laid out was, you know, from left to right, you had the dad and then the little boy who the dad was paying the most attention to. And then you had these two little girls, one of whom must have been the little boy's sister and one of whom was obviously like a friend that 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 the girl had brought along. And yeah. the, the those two little girls, the, from the moment they sat down, um, they weren't paying any attention to the game. Um, which is fine. Like you said, Jeremy, it seems like the dad, like just drug these kids to the game and you know, the, the two little girls just didn't care about being there. So they were just kind of like fucking with each other the whole time. Um, the whole time the game was going on. I mean, like it started off like one of them had a sweatshirt and the other one would like grab it from, from her. And then like, they would just grab it back and forth. And you know, when they sat down and they just started doing this, I was like, Oh God, like, is this, is this going to be a thing? Like, you know, is that they're going to be doing all game? Like, you know, I'm trying trying to watch the game here, and it's a little bit little bit distracting. I'm gonna have to tune it out. Um, but it was definitely obvious from just moment one that they were not gonna pay any attention. No, for for sure. Um, and so like, and and again, it's it's totally fine. Like I, I, I think the person who's at fault here is the dad for expecting the kids to sit there and like be like, ah, oh, well, I noticed that uh, Hendricks went with the off speed pitch there on the three O instead of a <laughs> fastball. You know, like, is that what he expects the fucking nine year old girl to do? Like, like what, what, you know, dad, this one's on you. So anyway, um, the fucking, uh, first thing, uh, that I noticed, uh, Jack, I don't know if you saw this or not, but he handed the, so they, they come and they sit down and they had like the girls, we're sharing like one big drink. Like he ordered, he got like a large drink and there was like two straws hanging out of it. And, uh, the girls were sharing that. Um, I don't, I don't really notice what the dad or the boy had. Um, but I do notice that I did notice that like the girl ended up handing money back to the dad. Like, like I think he gave them money or something to buy Uh this thing or whatever. And she handed it to him. Um, uh, or maybe no, you know, sorry. It was the other way around. Like the guy was, you know, saying whatever. And like, um, the, at some point there was money exchanged from the, from the dad. And like the, the money was rolled up in like this little tube and it looked like a fucking, like what do you snort Coke in? Like, yeah. Did you notice that Jack? No, I didn't. I didn't see any of this exchange. Yeah. So there was, there was money passed uh, to the girl and like it was wrapped, it was rolled up like really neatly in this little like straw, like, you know, it, it was just rolled up into like a little cylinder, um, which was, which was suspect i would say at least at the least um but uh but also like i don't know they were they they sat down they were sitting in their seats for for a bit and the dad um he like kind of the girls were drinking this this big soda and the dad like grabbed it at some point and shook it and he's like you guys almost drank the whole thing it's like you're gonna have to make that last it's like i'm not buying you another one you know that you got you're gonna have to make that last and he's like 
We're going to be here a couple, at least two more hours. So, you know, think about that. You're not going to have anything else to drink. And like, and then like, and then like, you know, and he said that and the girls didn't really like, they're like, oh, okay. Got it. Got it, dad. Going to conserve it from here on out. Small sips. Don't worry. It'll be cool. Um, Which is cool to like threaten your, your kids with, with, uh, you know, dehydration, uh, dehydration, uh, because you're fucking too cheap to buy another $8 (laughs) soda. Um, but uh, but then like maybe a couple innings later, he like looked at them and he saw that they were drinking it and maybe like not conserving it. And he leans he le- like leans back to them, and he's like, "Keep drinking it, keep on drinking it." <laughs> like <that>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ! You, now you're fucking threatening him. It's like it's like yeah yeah you keep drinking and see what happens. Like what a fucking low life this guy was. Like you know like. I'm I'm sure they you know I I wonder if like they walked by like you know like an old couple, and like the the like the old lady saw the dad with with three kids and they're like oh look at that dad what a great dad he's bringing all the kids to the game cut to him saying like yeah keep drinking it keep on drinking it it's like all right what a great American you know tale what a Norman it's like a Norman Rockwell painting right in <laughs> front of us um so that was fucking it was a bummer to see as as kind of as like fucked up and kind of funny it was it was the reality of it was like this is pretty fucking sad um but uh so this guy at one point this is a funny observation but uh they were cubs fans too we should we should mention uh-huh. um uh at one point sergio alcantara hit like a deep fly ball to center field and like it wasn't that it was never going out it wasn't going out of any ballpark but, you know, people reacted like, oh, you know, and like the dad actually he held up his hands and he held up like devil horns as what? if like like as if like saying like, yeah, come on, like, let's do it. Let's rock it. Home run. And he just but he just held it up like silently, like kind of like cheering on. And it like it was a, it ended up being a fly ball. And, you know, I think he put the devil horns away. But that was like his silent way of cheering on, like trying to get that extra oomph into that ball to get it over the fence. Uh, so that was a pretty goofy way to to support the team um later on in the game um so after the dad was done like kind of like harping on like the soda consumption he he then was like saying to the girls like hey are you guys paying attention at all are you watching this at all yeah yeah i think yeah, i think his exact words were are you even paying attention um yeah. he was being he was being real snotty to him and if, if, of course they weren't um but uh, jeremy i'll never fault a kid for for being bored at a baseball game. No. Um, baseball yeah. can be boring. Uh, like even I, after sitting through three hours of baseball, don't want to watch Devin Williams. Um, you know, <laughs> take take forty five seconds between pitches. I mean, obviously, hey, I'm really invested in this and interested because I know what's going on. But you know, I'm not going to blame some little kid for for not finding this this entertaining. No, of course not. And that's where, like, the whole, like, unwritten rules of, like, oh, you mean we have this guy, Fernando Tatis Jr., who's actually exciting? Like, he's got, like, you know, he's got, like, uh, dreads and, like, he's jumping around the bases, making crazy plays, hitting grand slams. And then people actually want to stop him from doing it. It's like maybe a kid might see that and become a baseball fan because of it. But God forbid he does that. Like, so, anyway, that's a whole nother thing. But, um, but so, yeah, so the dad who was, like, leaning over the boy to, like, scold the girls – um, about paying attention, um, you know, setting a great example. And then again, this is where it gets fucking like sad. But then like at some point the little boy was, was turning to the girls and he was like, why are you even here? 
Why did you even come? You knew that you weren't going to pay attention. Like, you knew you didn't care. Why are you even here? And uh, and the girls were just, like, ignoring him, whatever. But it's like, oh, what a surprise. The little boy sees the dad yelling at the fucking girls. And now he turns around and he starts yelling at the girls. Like, cool. This is great. Um, and uh, at one point, he said, like, stupidos. Los stupidos to them. That's what he said? Yes. Yeah, he was saying oh, los that's... stupidos. And I'm kind of starting to hate the little boy in this scenario, too. Well, um, I mean, yes, yes. But, you know, who's to blame for that? It's the fucking yeah, it's, shitty it's, dad. It's learned behavior. Um, yeah. I right. was trying to think of, like, what, why why this scenario was even taking place. Um, I mean, maybe, like, the, the dad wanted to, like, give his wife a night off or something from the the kids yeah. or like uh it's one of those things where it's like he was just gonna take uh the boy like his son but it's like you know the the, the sister would have just gotten jealous because like you know doing something with the boy but not her so it's like well you got it you're gonna you're gonna take one of them you got to take both of them yeah. but then like she's got to take a friend too or maybe they just had four tickets but obviously they were sitting in the six dollar seat so it must have been kind of an impromptu thing um i was trying to figure out like why why are the why are the two little girls there? I mean, it's it's not yeah. their fault that they're there, but like, why? Um, I mean, I think it's a it's a valid question from the boy, but like, but still, it was just it was a it was a messed up scenario, and I honestly think too that if the dad would have just left those girls alone, it would have been the same outcome of them not paying attention for his own sake, his own enjoyment of the game. He should have just been like, you know what? Fuck it. They're not going to pay attention, but they're also not going to like bother me either while I'm trying to watch the game. Cause they're obviously having fun with each other. So let's just leave it alone. Good. It's good that they're having fun somehow. Right. Well, that's the whole thing is like, what do you expect dad? What do you expect them to do? Like, you want them to fucking keep score? Like, oh, Dad, do you have an extra pencil so I can keep score, too? It's like, oh, I had no idea that you cared this much. This is great. Like, no, you know what the situation is. What's wrong? Like, ugh, it's so fucking gross. And, like, yeah, it, it totally smacked of the thing where it's like, hey, this is my boy. I mean, my boy are going to watch baseball. It's like, ugh, I got to bring the girl with, too. Ugh. You know, yeah. it, it was it was fucking gross. It, it, was, no, that, it was really crappy. That, that's a good question, Jeremy. It's sort of like asking people who complain about having bad seats, like what they expected from good seats. Like yeah. you should ask this guy, like what do you what do you expect from those girls? Like you know, are you are you expecting them to like analyze what pitcher the Cubs are going to try to get up in the bullpen to face the the Brewers' order in the bottom half of this yeah. inning? Oh, you know, they got are two you, lefties and a righty coming up. What do you think, Chafin or uh, Rex <laughs> Brothers? What do you think? Ugh. Does he expect them to lament uh, David? Ross's decision to send Rafael Ortega to, you know, pinch hit with the bases loaded instead of Wilson Contreras. Like, yeah. what do you, what do you want from these kids? What do you, what do you want them to do? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was sad. So at some point after that little boy called them stupidos, the, at least the girls went back to him and they're like stupidos. So like the, it became like the whole thing where they all started saying stupidos to each other, <laughs> which is great. Um, again, Norman Rockwell, like in living color. Um, at some point towards the end of the game, the dad finally leans over to the girls and he's like, do we all agree next time I'm leaving you at home? It's like, And then the girls like nodded their head, yes. And then he's like, I try to be nice and take you guys and you don't even care. And it's like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with this dad, man? It's like now he's like giving them a guilt trip about like not caring about the game. And it's like, so my guess is that they were just like, please, we want to come along too. We want to come along too. And it's like, it's like if you if you were like transported into if it was like like you know wife swap or something and you were like transported into a house with three kids and like there there was like a baseball game uh, on the table, uh, maybe you would be surprised that they wouldn't like respond like be interested. But it's like 
even though it's like it was almost like he was like trying to prove a point to them like hey i told you you weren't going to be interested it's like you're a parent you're an adult you're supposed to like know these things like you're supposed to know that they're not going to be interested and then like you know you you either take them or you don't if you were really going to give them a guilt trip don't take them to the fucking game uh so anyway it was just it, it was um, it was material for the podcast, but it was it was kind of a bummer, like to think about the reality of the situation. Yeah, and, and the, um, the dad is just kind of being a just a, a whiny little brat there himself. He, you he know, was I, he was I, being I no better argue, than the kids. Yeah, I would argue that he was being uh, less mature than the kids he was with at that point. I try to be nice and take you, and you don't even care. You know, right. that's that's like an argument that a that a kid would make, like yelling at his parents about something. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Jeremy. So, and, and, you know, like you said too, he was trying to guilt trip the kids, but if, if those were my kids, I would have just, I wouldn't have said anything and I would have just been like, all right, so, you know, I'm going to make a skull note there. Like, you know, daughter, not interested in going to baseball <laughs> games will not present the option again. You know, right. there you or, go. I mean, Hey, you know what? Maybe he could have tried to find something that they were interested in. Like, Hey, look at the, look at Bernie, the brewer, look at the sausage race. Like, Hey, what do you think about like the the uniforms? What like I don't know. Maybe try to find something that that might interest them. I don't know. Or instead of just ignoring them and resenting them for not being boys. You know, Jeremy. Um, maybe it wasn't. Um, maybe it was one of those scenarios where like it was like he was like Tom Hanks from Big. You know, it's like yeah. he was like he was a little kid too. Because you know, hey, he's doing the devil horns. He's saying stuff like, "I try to bring you along, and you don't even care." Like yeah. maybe maybe like. He was just, you know, schoolyard friends with those girls, and, like, he was an adult, so, like, he was able to get, like, a credit card and buy tickets to this game and stuff. <laughs> Maybe he's, like, Tom Hanks from, from Big, you know? Yeah, he just got switched that previous night, and then, like, he found himself <laughs> in this scenario where he's taking, like, his, his three little siblings to the, to the Cubs-Brewers game. Um, yeah, I, quite possibly. That, at least that would help like you know make the situation go over a little better um but uh but yeah so that was uh that was a bummer of a situation um uh on a on a slightly more goofy note um there were and when we first sat down there were like these three or these this this group of like four teenagers who were sitting to our left across the aisle and they were being pretty loud and vocal uh, they were like just yelling stuff and like it was unclear. I could have swore I heard them yell some pro brewer stuff, but I definitely heard them yell cub pro cub stuff. And so like it might have been a split group, much like we were at, at the game, like uh, different fans. But uh, they were yelling stuff. Eventually, like a big group of people came and they got kind of sh- moved down to another section. So when they did, they were just being loud and, and goofy and, and dumb. Um, and I when they were getting kind of like shuffled out of their seats, I looked over and remind you, mind you again, like I said, we were like 17th row up in the upper deck. We were very far up and we paid $6 for our tickets. Uh, and, and, you know, they were priced right um, for, for where they were. But um, the I looked over and the kids were, were moving and I looked at this one kid and he like had like the reddest hair like ever, like on a kid. He looked like, you know, Chucky or like Raggedy Ann or something. <laughs> and um, he uh, he had like a fucking like like a napkin jammed up his nose (laughs) and like he was like stopping a nosebleed and it was kind of funny because i'm like i'm like does that kid really have a nosebleed or is he like doing like some kind of like you know physical commentary on the seats it's like oh man i'm gonna need this and then just like shoved a napkin up his nose i thought it was kind of funny and it's like 
I wish I knew. Again, it's one of those things. It's like if he meant it on purpose, he's a genius. If he if it was just an accident, you know, it was a goofy uh, coincidence. But uh, yeah, it was kind of funny. That joke to- is it would be very inside baseball if he, you know, if he just had the napkin up there as a gag. You know, that's that's yeah. like a, a Halloween costume that like is hard to get. But then like there's the one person that like gets it, and you're like, oh, you're supposed to be this. It's like, yeah, you know, that's right, exactly. That's how that's how deep that one goes. So I actually had never thought about it until we talked about it that night that, you know, being at high altitudes can cause nosebleeds. And so that's why bad seats are called nosebleeds. I had never oh. that had never that had never occurred to me before. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess we were discussing it because I was I was talking about a kid that I went to grade school with who who would get a nosebleed on the top bunk. Uh, no lie. Like when we would have sleepovers, he would they would be like, I can't sleep on the top bunk. I'll get a nosebleed. Um but uh, and, when, but yeah. and then we, we talked about like if, if we got nosebleeds as a kid and I, I used to get nosebleeds, you know, uh, sometimes, um, you know, with, with semi regularity. I mean, you know, um, I, I don't know why I was just one of those kids. But I, I feel <laughs> yeah. like as an adult, like if you get a nosebleed, it's it's kind of a, like if you didn't hit your nose, but your nose just starts bleeding. It's, it's kind of alarming. You know, you're like, yeah. do, I, do I need to go to the doctor about this? Like and get a you know, get an X-ray on my head. Yeah, it's like if if you're an adult and you have a nosebleed, check your pocket because you may have money wrapped up like that, like the dad in front of us. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, but uh, yeah, 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 not not great. Um, I we heard something yelled at some point. Um, I think it was the same group of kids who yelled mm-hmm. this. Um, but they were just yelling. And as a matter of fact, I'm like, this is like, how did they even like come up with this? But I feel like they were just yelling pro Cubs sentiment, and at some point, someone yelled. Bronze on steroids, which is pretty funny. That's a good Braun one. Has not been with the team. Uh, did he play last year? He did play last year. He did. Right? He did play. It was his last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, certainly not with the team. No one is like. I don't think anyone in baseball has mentioned the name Ryan Braun um, this year to date. Uh, but these kids were like yelled Ryan Braun's on steroids. But it's funny because the voice in which it was yelled, like it was the squeakiest voice I've ever heard. A a, a yell like a, a you know. A, someone like trolling someone I've ever heard like out loud at a game. It was like, Ron's on steroids. It was like (laughs) the squeakiest little voice. And it's like, man, even if Ryan Braun was there and even if you were close enough for him to hear it and he heard it, that voice is not like making any waves. The guy like, that's like more an indictment of you than like Ryan Braun. Um, so it was kind of funny just to hear that randomly out of my, like over my left shoulder, but Yes, it was. That that was a good one. Um, Jeremy, I th- I thought we were in the clear um, as far as people sitting next to us. Um, yep. We had basically like a whole half row to ourselves. Um, yeah. But, you know, as I mentioned before, people just kept showing up. Um, and so finally, an hour and seven minutes into the game at 8.17 p.m., uh, a couple showed up. They were about our age, um, looked like they were in their 30s. Um, they showed up and sat down next to us. So then for a time, you know, you and I had to actually sit in our real seats, like pr- kind of cramped up right next to each other. But who the hell sh- who shows up to a baseball game an hour and seven minutes late? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like the age-old thing, like especially like um, the last game I was at with my dad where he likes to sit by the aisle. We were We were, again, two seats in from the aisle, and, like, no one showed up. And, you know, you start, like, looking, like – Honestly, it's like, I mean, yeah, it's it's fucked up to show up an hour and seven minutes late. You know, it's also possible that some people were driving from Chicago and maybe got held up in traffic, and that's why they were late too. But like, um, you know, I don't. It's maybe don't buy tickets to a game that you can't make the beginning because that you're gonna miss like a third of it. Um, but uh, but yeah, so like, uh, 
they showed up. Um, I always try to, I always think it's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm always surprised when someone shows up like later and it's like, you know, even if they show up like in the bottom of the first, I'm like, geez, like, you know, getting here late or whatever. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I've noticed that it's like, you know, certainly if you, if you're, if, if there's an empty seat and it, it, whether you're sitting in someone else's seat or you're hoping that the seats next to you don't get filled, like don't celebrate until like, at least like until like the bottom of the fourth inning, because, you know, I've seen people pop up like in the four, top of the fourth inning and it's like, what, why did you even bother coming here? Um, but that, uh, that's, Hey, that's what happened here, Jeremy. And I, I was, I had probably already celebrated in my head yeah. the fact that nobody was going to sit by us and, and sure enough it happened. So th- this is about as late as it's ever, as it's ever been for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty ridiculous, but um uh, I don't know. I just, I, again, just the laissez-faire, uh, approach of most fans, uh, I suppose includes, I, that's the thing though. It's like, I, it's obviously like, you know, I, I try to put myself in the, in the feet or in the shoes of people who like, don't follow the game as close as we do, obviously. Um, but even, even if you were like, even if you didn't care about the game, if it's like, if you were showing up to a movie, like 40 minutes into the movie, it's like, that's a ruined experience. It's like showing up an hour and almost 10 minutes into a game. It's like, even if you didn't care, once you feel like, oh, I missed like a third of it already, you know, like I don't, it's so weird. Like, I don't know. Um, but, uh, I guess people don't care. Like who knows what happened to the people behind us. They might've fucking left after like being there for, for an hour. Um, so, so yeah, it's just weird. Um, but one thing that was funny, uh, Jack, I, I I'm, you might've even been up when this happened, but, Javier Baez came up to the plate and the, this doesn't matter, but the guy was a Brewers fan and the girl was a Cubs fan. Um, and the guy was like trying to explain to the girl, the Javier Baez tag play against the pirates, the, the, the like Will Craig, uh, sure. botched play. And I'm like, dude, that is like one of the weirdest plays in the history of baseball. And you're trying to explain it to this, to this, to your girlfriend or whatever. And it's like, you, you it's just not good. Just pull up the goddamn video. Like, cause he was like, he, he just was talking about it, and, like, he, he had to explain it for, like, 20 minutes, which is about what it takes to, like, um, to, to explain that play. But, like, even, Jack, if, like, I was to explain that, that play to you, it's, like, I would just be, like, dude, just watch the video because I couldn't do it justice. And this guy was, like, just painstakingly committed to trying to explain this play. And, like, at some point, she's, like, why didn't he just run the first or something? He's, like, oh, and he did this, and all he had to do is this. And it's just, like, man, oh, this is painful. It's, like, you're trying to show that you know something, but it's, like, that is a that's a fool's errand to try to explain that play. Yeah, well, if you had explained it to me, Jeremy, I would have I would have kept asking you to repeat yourself because like right. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have believed what I was hearing. And at some point, I would have just said, well, you know, screw it. I'm just gonna watch the U- <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna watch the YouTube video just so I can see it. Yeah, um, totally. I, you know, I don't know if this guy was getting uh, wasn't getting reception on his phone and he couldn't turn <laughs> up the turn on the video. But yeah, that's a that's a fail right there for sure. Yeah, yeah, no good, no good. Um, so the Brewers, uh, so I guess as far as scoreboard stuff and, uh, you know, uh, live game uh, experience, um, the Brewers did a couple things on the uh, the scoreboard, mostly involving uh, uh, trolling Cubs fans. Um, so yeah. their, for their game day operations, their MC is, uh, 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 I, I forget what her name was. Did, did they even say her name? I don't even... I, I think at the beginning they might have said it. Um, you know, she, did, she didn't do a bad job. 
Um, she was she was fine. But um, the first game that they played, it was uh, Cubs Brewers trivia. Yeah. And Jeremy and I couldn't figure out if it was like fixed and they were feeding the Brewers fan the answer. But the basic gist of the game was they would give, uh, they were like, so uh, the game we went to, Jeremy, what was it, June 28th? Yeah. Um, I believe, yeah. So they, they asked the, they asked the, they had a, a guy and a girl up there. The girl was in like Brewers gear and she, you know, she was the, she was the Brewers trivia side. And then the guy, he was like this kind of frat, like bro douchey looking guy in his early 20s. Um, and he was, uh, he was the Cubs guy and he was like in a Cubs jersey and he was definitely a Cubs fan. Um, you know, he just had that sort of had that vibe about him. Um, <laughs> and so they, uh, so the question for the girl was that they asked her, um, was, you know, who played shortstop for the Brewers on June 27th, 2021. So it, who played shortstop for the Brewers yesterday? And she answered Willie Adamas. And then she, and she asked the guy, she goes, who played shortstop for the Cubs on June 27th, 1917? And, you yeah. know, of course, the guy got it wrong. And so they asked two more questions like that, where it was like total softball questions for the, for the girl. And then for the guy, like, they, the just impossible questions from like 100 years ago. Um, and so, of course, and, he didn't know any of them. And the Brewer fan ended up, ended up winning. She, now, the, I'll say the, a couple. The host, the host kept saying, like, hey, I thought you were a Cubs fan, huh? I guess you're not so big of a fan, huh? Yeah. Yeah, and I, now I'll say I'll say a couple things about this. First of all, like they're damn lucky that they those questions would have been hard for anybody. Like even even you, Jeremy, who um you know who knows you know a shit ton about the Cubs. Like they were hard for anybody, but they're lucky that they didn't pick somebody who knew like every who knew the, the answer to those questions because it definitely would have foiled whatever it was they were going for. Yeah. Um, so that would have been funny, and I, I would have actually liked well, to see that. The third, the third, the second and third question was like, who led the Cubs in homers in like 1917 or something? Yep. And it was like a guy that I think none of us had ever heard of. And they were like, how many homers did he hit? And that was like the last question. And she said like he was already down three nothing, and she's like, this is worth three points if you get it. And it's like that's just a number. Like he could have just guessed a number and accidentally got it right. Yeah. Um, and like, it would have been so funny if he did because yeah, they would have, Jack, you said like they wouldn't have known how to handle that. And no. it's true. They would have scrambled. It would have been kind of funny to see. And I'll say this, Jeremy, as a Brewers fan, that, that, that segment did not make, make me particularly proud of like Brewer nation. Mm -hmm. um, I would have been like, you know what? Why don't we also, why don't we just ask both, both of these people legit questions and not try to like clown around because that I think would actually be interesting. You know, sure. you, you could ask like who led the 1997 Brewers in home runs. And I mean, I don't know off the top of my head, I'd say it was probably Greg Vaughn, but I'm not sure. But I think it's a good guess. But, you know, you could ask that and then and then ask the ask the guy like who led the 1997 Cubs in home runs. Um, and maybe it was Sammy Sosa, probably, probably but maybe it wasn't. Yeah. But just to ask a couple questions like that and see if they know the answers to them. You know, why do you have to like make. You're you're making both fan bases you're you're making one fan base look stupid on purpose, but you're making your own fan base also look stupid. Like they like Brewers fans couldn't possibly know anything about the team that didn't happen in the last week. Yeah, no, for for sure. It's like yeah, I mean yeah, I, honestly they could have just been like name as many Cubs and Brewers on the current roster. You know exactly. Like, the, hey, t uh, take the you know that White Sox guy from that that game we went to years ago. You know just name some players from the Go Go White Sox. <laughs> the guy who just yelled that out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Jack, I looked up that 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 the answers to those trivia questions if you want. Oh, the uh the ones that I just asked? Yeah. 
Nice. What what were the answers? Uh, ninety seven was Sammy Sosa. He led okay. the Cubs in homers. Ninety ninety seven for the Brewers though, uh, incorrect. It was not Greg Vaughn. Was it uh, was it Jaha? It was not John Jaha. Ooh, uh, man, I, I want one more guess at this. Wow, it wasn't Vaughn, uh, who I think was definitely on the team in '97. It was not Jaha. Was it uh, uh, Dave Nilsson? He was second. Uh, number one was someone uh, that your co-host has a little something in, in common with. Um. Oh, that you. That you were. Was it Bob Hamlin? <laughs> no. What do I have in common with Bob Hamlin? <laughs> I thought. I thought he wore glasses. No, he didn't wear glasses. That. Sorry, know, Jeremy. He, he you. You opened the door him. for an insult there for yeah, yourself. Yeah, I know That's it was. Because Bob Hamlin was like notoriously overweight, I feel. Like. Oh God! <laughs> anyway, no, it was Jeremy Burnitz. Oh, that's right. Burnitz was on them in '97. Was was Greg Vaughn on the team in '97? They trade him in '96. Yeah, I'm not seeing Vaughn. On okay, this yeah, list. They, they must have traded him in '96 then, because yeah. I think he was on the Padres in '98. Um, there you go, Jeremy Burnitz. I did not know he was on the Brewers as early as 1997. So that's a that's a good call. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a that, that's a that's a good random year to ask a question about. Um, but but yeah, I mean, well, I don't know if we like. We, we could just get into this really quick. So the the other thing that they did uh, to troll Cubs fans, like they did this thing, this this bit that like they stole from Conan O'Brien, like the Conan O'Brien show, where they show like the camera goes on someone sitting in the seats, and they like you know they see themselves up on the big board, and then they put up like. Um, a superlative or something like about or a descriptor about the person. And, you know, for the Brewers fan, it was like tailgated outside for three hours. And then it was like Cubs. It was like the only tailgating this pan, this fan did was sitting. It was like, it was so convoluted. It was like sitting, waiting for a car to pull out so they could park there or something. Yeah. Uh, and then it was like, you know, um, uh, I can't even remember any of the other ones, but like the, all the Brewers ones were like showing them like that, like portraying this person to be a diehard Brewers fan. Then they'd show a shot of a Cubs fan and it would be like something like uh, left the game early to beat traffic or whatever. Yeah. And I, there, there was one Jeremy that kind of got under my skin. I don't know what the Brewers like uh, equivalent was of this one, but the, uh, the, for the Cubs one, it was one of the first ones I saw was um, it said, uh, uh, been a Cubs fan since 2016. Oh yeah, right. Um, right. And I, I thought that was stupid for a number of reasons. Um, the Cubs have the Cubs have been a very popular team for for many many years, for decades, right. basically because of WGN and like the wide reach that they had. Um, they're one of the first teams to have all their games on TV. Um, yeah. The Cubs do have like a very passionate, dedicated fan base, even if yeah. not all. Uh, like like every team, they have fans who are idiots. But in general, like people who are Cubs fans were born Cubs fans. Yeah. Um, well, the whole thing is like the lovable losers, like the the team that always loses, and like the fans, like you know, are are like have been waiting for a championship for 108 years. It's like I I would bet that most fans, like yeah, I mean that that's that's a silly. Like I can see that I I get the the formula of that joke, but I don't think it applies to Cubs fans specifically. Like Yankees fans. Sure, Dodgers fans, whatever. Like, um, you know, even those are are still like kind of like 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 kind of rough because those are still classic franchise, like the Marlins or something. Like, if well, you know, yeah, I, I was gonna know. say the equivalent of that would be like when like you know LeBron James got traded to the Heat, and it's like, yeah. oh yeah, Heat or he signed with the Heat, and it's like, okay, yeah, Heat fans since 2012, you know, right, like, like right. they all of a sudden became wildly popular. Okay, I can see that. Here's another NBA one that very much fits in with uh, the game we saw <laughs> at AmFam. So, um, you know, the, throughout the throughout the 
the game and there was even a Conan one with this they're like you know is a Bucks fan or something and then people like cheered wildly you know and like there was one other thing like I think they had Giannis Antetokounmpo saying like let's go Brewers and everybody like cheered like you're like ripping on Cubs fans for being Fairweather fans which they're not and like you have an entire stadium of people who just started rooting for the Bucks last week <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and now now the Bucks are like the hottest, you know, thing in town and everybody wants to talk about them. Nobody, you know, nobody cared about the Bucks 10 years ago. Nobody. They've been terrible right. for they've been terrible for years and that then they weren't packing the, the the rafters at the Bradley Center. No, and now now it's uh, you know, now everybody everybody in the stadium is a Bucks fan. So, you know, they want to they want to rip on Cubs fans for being uh being fair with their fans, but like, you know, maybe maybe look in the mirror there a little bit. It so I don't it I'm I'm like I'm I'm the wrong person like to to weigh in on this because like you know I think like the whole thing it's like uh Bears versus like Packers rivalry and you know the Bears comeback is always like at least I don't have to live in Green Bay whatever <laughs> like you know it's like I I mean I don't know what to say like to me it's like I being it's just it's 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 interesting being a Cubs fan because there's there's there seems to be so many like rivalries where it's like the the rivals of the Cubs it's like again it's like they seem to like they would rather they don't care if they lose their game as long as the Cubs lose their or they don't care if they win their game as long as the Cubs lose whatever game they played that day it's like sometimes it seems like the the rivals obsess so much about the Cubs and it's like I don't I kind of feel like the Cubs don't obsess about the other teams that much um like the Cubs don't obs- the, the Cubs fans generally probably don't care that much about the White Sox, whereas the White Sox, you know, you'll be at a White Sox game and they'll be chanting Cubs suck when it's like (laughs) White Sox versus like Orioles or something, you know? Um, So, you know, I don't know. It's like the rivalry thing is like rivalries can be fun, but like it, it almost seems like it's like it's rivalry uh, fodder 101, I think, you know, like, like remedial rivalry, like, like fodder, like sure. when, it, when it comes to this stuff, and it's like, come on, man, there's gotta be other things like that. Like, you know, I mean, fuck the, the, the Brewers beat the Cubs in a one game playoff in 2018. I think like just play that clip over of like, of like a hater making the last out and re- or play the clip of the, the Brewers celebrating beating the Cubs on the Cubs um, home turf. Like that's that's it. That's all you need. Like the Cubs, the Brewers beat the Cubs in it was it was game one sixty three. But like, yeah, they yep. beat them in a decisive game. Like that's all you need. That's all you need. Like, who, who cares about this fucking parking shit or like Fairweather fans or whatever? It's like none of that shit matters. Like they beat them. So like like you know it, it's silly and like um it's just not uh, operating at the top of their level of like their potential. I guess. <laughs> Hey, Jeremy, if, uh, if if Bears fans actually do say that, like, hey, at least you don't have to live in Green Bay, you know, Aaron Rodgers would be like, and how, you know? <laughs> right. So your own, your own quarterback would agree with that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there you go. Um, yeah, there were a few other fans uh, fan things, Jeremy. Um, you know, one was that Brewers fans don't know how to dance to the YMCA. I mean that wasn't the conceit of that of that bit, but but that's what the that's what the takeaway was. They did like um. <laughs> They did like a like a a wheel, like you spin a wheel, and like the, it lands on a song, and then they play that song, and everyone dances to it. And it it just so happened to be YMCA, which is the Cubs song, and they showed people dancing, but they were like, it was like, it, you know, it's like it's 
the, the it starts off with the verse and it's like young man there's a place you can go i said young man and they would show a fan they would show brewers fans and they were doing the ymca with their hands during the verse it's like that's not how you do it like so like again it's like i feel like they were trying to troll the cubs by playing ymca but they showed a bunch of brewers fans who didn't know didn't understand how to dance to the ymca song which we talked about before is stu- i hate it anyway but like um, it is a Cubs thing, I guess, um, for better or worse. But like the Brewers fans were doing it all wrong, so it's like well, who's trolling who here? Um, so again, it was I feel like it was a bit of a miss, um, but you know whatever. Um, uh, one one funny game that they had was the good the Get It Right game uh, sponsored by Goodwill, um, the the thrift store, and they were they were showing fans. It was like a Price Is Right kind of game, and they would show like three items or something. And you had to guess like what price it is at at Goodwill, and it's like what? <laughs> it's hard enough like guessing prices of things, but then to guess like a marked down price at Goodwill just to show off the fact that like you can get deals at Goodwill because it's all used stuff or donated stuff. It was like a baseball mitt or something, and it's like three ninety nine. Uh, and then it was like you know a helmet five ninety nine, and it's like which which is the right price? And it's like how the hell do I know? Like it's Goodwill. What the? F- it, it could be two dollars. It could be ten dollars. I don't know. Like. And so, like, she was guessing. I don't even know if she got it right or what, but, like, um, it, I thought it was just – that was a funny conceit for a game this, just because it's sponsored by Goodwill. This must have been the inning that I got up to pee because I don't, I, don't okay. I don't have any recollection of that one. That, so, that damn. sounds about right. I must, yeah. have, I must have missed that. That's too bad. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, at one point, they showed uh, – they were showing fans, and, like, they showed a guy – like, the, the kind of the thing now is to, like um, – when they, if you're a, if you're a dude and like you have a beer in your hand and they show you, you have to like chug the beer, uh, and like usually the camera stays on you. You chug the beer and then everyone cheers. Well, they showed some guy and he like started chugging his beer and then they like cut away to him like they cut away from him like in the middle of him like chugging it, which is kind of funny because he just ruined, he just wasted his whole beer for not <laughs> even the the payoff. So I thought I thought that was kind of a funny thing that they. I don't know if they purposely trolled that guy, but it ended up being a troll. Well, hey, Jeremy, I also saw, speaking of beer, um, I also saw on Cubs Reddit that they did have a beer cup snake going at that game that we didn't see. Oh, really? Interesting. So there Uh, you go. Well, I saw this on uh, Cubs on the internet, but uh, surprise, surprise, Jack Peterson likes the beer cup snake. He's a fan. (laughs) Um, He was saying saying that he overheard people in the outfield – offering to buy people's empty cups. He was like, he's like, he overheard someone say like, Hey, I'll buy your empty cups for 20 bucks. And, and Jock Peterson was like, I was like, why doesn't the guy just buy his own beer? Like, you know, for that money. Um, and he's like, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. It's pretty funny. Um, and, uh, yeah, whatever he, he likes it. So there's a big surprise there. Um, but yeah, well, that's uh, all right. Yeah, definitely, definitely no surprise um, on that one. Um, yeah. There, there was one more fan thing. Uh, yeah. There were a couple of uh, uh, guys sitting in front of us. So it was, it was a dad and his son. Um, so the dad was a little older. He had on, on a hat that said Vietnam veteran, um, and he was with his son, who had a, a long beard that made him look like Colin Moran. Um, yeah. And so twice, so they, the, when they first came to their seats. They were both like they were double fisting uh, Miller Tall Boys, yeah. and then at one point they left and they came back and they each one was carrying two more Miller Tall Boys. So like that yeah. that must be their thing. Like hey, let's just like 
you know, we're going to go to the game and we're going to get, you know, each time we're going to get two Miller, Miller tall boys. We'll get, we'll get two each on our way in and halfway through we'll get up and get two more. Yeah, it, that's definitely what their plan was. Um, yeah. So this dad, at one point, I mean, they were fine, whatever, but at, at one point uh, the dad kept like, he kept looking back, I think at me, or like he, he was he was looking back like violently, like like darting his head back to the point where it, he, you almost think like a drop of rain had fallen on his head or something. Like well, that was the urgency with which he was like looking up and over. And I wasn't sure if he was looking at me or not. Or like if he thought he was back in the shit somehow. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, um, I mean, hey, you know, I, I'm I'm an Asian guy. Maybe he, he was <laughs> he was seeing some things. He he he, you know, bringing back some bad memories. I don't know, but um, no, Jack, I don't know if you saw it, but like at some point, and it wasn't from you, but at some point, like these flicks of water, these like flecks of water came down and landed on the guy. Did you see that? That must have been what it, that must have been what it no, was. It, it yeah. was, it was, because he started looking back right after that because I was turned to talking to you and like he, I think it was from the people, the, the fucking WeWork people behind us. By the way, if you haven't seen that WeWork documentary, it's on Hulu. It's, it's I've never crazy. even heard of WeWork. It, it's this like uh, co-op workspace, like office space where like people just rent out space and like you work communally like in an office, but everyone is doing their own thing. But it, it was like this cult thing like it was like this cult uh phenomenon and like these people were like oh yeah we're we work family you know we work we work and like it's crazy and like uh there's a documentary about the guy and like they basically just fucking um it, it seemed like kind of like a ponzi scheme a little bit but um and they they were worth like 46 billion dollars and then they went bankrupt in like three weeks or something jesus christ <laughs> yeah it's fucked up um but the people who went there were like all like it was like a cult and these people were just all like they seem like dudes who just weren't ready to give up on their twenties, but they still wanted, they wanted to be professionals, but they also wanted to like have a keg at, at the office. It was fucked up. Anyway, the people who were two rows behind us, um, I, I think it might've been one of them. Like, and I don't know if someone spit beer or like, or maybe it was like con condensation from the air conditioning, but like I saw out of the corner of my eye, like these like flecks of water fly through the air and land on that guy's back. And then he turned around and like, he was looking at both of us and I got a little paranoid because I was turned towards him, but I was talking to you and I kind of just tried to power through it. But I, I saw him turn around and I didn't want him to see me looking at him because then I feel like he would have thought that I did something to him. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't really thinking about the fact that he was a Vietnam vet, but they definitely did him and the dad and the son had to definitely like a, you know, like a duck dynasty vibe going on, like a, you know, something like that, or like the swamp, like they're from the swamp or something. Um, so it was, it was a little dicey, um, uh, in the, uh, what was it? The seventh inning or the, yeah, that was the seventh, the seventh inning. Yeah. Yeah. And the bottom of the set or the top of the seventh, uh, Patrick wisdom ended up hitting a, a two run, a game tying two run Homer, uh, off of Brad Boxberger. Um, and I, you know, under, of course, like went nuts. Um, and I was pretty, I pretty much took the opportunity to, to yell disparaging thing at, at Brad, Brad Boxberger. Um, but the, that guy did turn around at some point and he was like saying something to me and he was like, he was like saying something like full sentences to me, but it was like loud <laughs> as fuck in the stadium and I couldn't hear what he was saying. And I was just like, nodding, like, and I was like nodding and I kind of did the look like, eh, you never know or something like, yeah. I, was, I was just trying to like. I was like pretending like I heard what he said and like, and it wasn't, I think he was probably saying something like, yeah, this guy sucks or something, you know, like, you know, I, I what was he doing out there? And like, I, it wasn't like belligerent. Um, but, uh, which I was thankful for, but like, I was just trying to like, you know, kind of assuage him or something, but I, it was, it was weird. And, uh, 
that's kind of like well that was the most of the interaction with us at, at some point um i think it was uh when willie adamas hit a, a threw in homer in that fucking horrific eighth inning um the kid the colin moran kid was like mid aisle like trying to go back to his seat or coming back from the bathroom or whatever and he stopped right in front of us during the willie adamas homer and like he like he like celebrated and put his hands in the air and it almost like hit us he was like directly in front of us and so like I mean, I, I wasn't mad that I kind of didn't see that, but Jack, I don't know if he obscured your view, but... Well, was... Jeremy, I, I will say you you did a convincing job of making it seem like you understood what that guy said to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was legitimately interested in what he had said to you. Oh, um, yeah. No but clue. you just didn't, you didn't catch any of it. And I, cu- I couldn't hear him either, and he was closer to me than he was to you. Yeah. Um, also, it's like, dude, like the crowd is going nuts right now. Like if you want to be heard... You got to speak up a little bit. It's like or, it's almost like the guys the guys lips were moving but I didn't hear any sound coming no, out of them. In in Chicago when like when you're by the train and like the train goes by and it's like it just overtakes any sort of sound that's happening. It would be like if you were standing on a train and like the train came and knew the guy was talking and then like he didn't stop and then he expected like you know don't you think you know when the tra- the train goes by it gets quiet he's like wouldn't you agree? I'm like uh <laughs> yeah sure I don't know. Uh, it was it was weird. Yeah, like, but like, yeah, like, kept talking, like, there was no awareness of the fact that, like, he was completely being drowned out. Um, yeah. It was crazy. But, yeah. I don't know. And that, that actually, that, that's a good segue into, into my next point here. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy, you, uh, and so you did, you took, you went nuts when Wisdom hit the home run. Uh, you were, you were dancing around in the aisles because at that, at that point, <laughs> a lot of people had, had left it, which, which you are, which you are want to do if you, um, you know, if you have the space to do it, like you'll, you'll get up and like really <laughs> celebrate a good, a good Cubs play. Um, and you know, you, you'll yell during the games too. And Jeremy, when you yell at like Cubs games, you sound like George Costanza when George Costanza <laughs> yells, you know, you're like, yeah, wisdom, baby. You know, like you'll just, you'll, you'll scream it. And, uh, so my babies. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So you'll, you know, it, you, you, and, but then, you know, an inning later, when that horrific inning happened, it's, you'll be like the most despondent person in the stadium. Um, <laughs> you just you have these you have these crazy mood swings during Cubs games that are that are really something to behold. And I I had forgotten about that. Like the first game we went to, I was like, oh man, like that's right. Like if the Cubs start like losing, it's like it completely like like Jeremy turns into a different person. You know, <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, no, I mean it was it was it's. So, and this gets into my, my, my point too, that I wanted to talk about is just like the oddity of going to a game where you're clearly, where the two people are clearly on different sides. And I don't know, obviously we are very invested. We, we care a lot and like, we're, we, we're aware of what's going on. So I'll say this, like, you know, 99% of the games I go to are with a fellow Cubs fan, right? Like my mm-hmm. dad or a fr- friends of mine or my wife or whatever. And like, you know, when the Cubs do something good, like, you know, you can like high five the person sitting next to you or like elbow them or whatever. And like the 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 uh, wisdom Homer, it's not hurt by the fact that I, I really like I, I'm enamored with what wisdom is doing just because of the story there. It's like a really awesome story uh, to see him like taking advantage of uh, his um, his chance. And of course, today, Tyrone Taylor ran into him and knocked him out and fucking uh, they, they're not saying concussion, but uh, he had to leave the game today. Um, but uh, so that that's that's part of the factor as well. 
But, um, and, you know, it's a battle for first place in, in, in essence. Like, the Cubs wouldn't have passed the Brewers if they won that game Monday. But, you know, we're battling it out at this point. And plus, there's there's a lot loaded with the Cubs season this year because – if they're if they fall out of contention, they're gonna be they're gonna sell off everybody. They're gonna they're gonna finally dismantle the the last of the 2016 World Series team. So there's there's a lot of writing on these games. Um, but so Wisdom hit that homer, and I kind of like I'll say this. Okay, so Wisdom did hit that two run homer in the the, the top of the seventh, um, and I have I had noticed that the the Brewers had been starting Brad Boxberger or like using Brad Boxberger in late inning situations and I'm like that doesn't seem right. He's not good. He's like I think he wasn't even on the team to start the the season um and it seems like a, a big role and I know he used to be a closer and everything but like he seems like his his better days are behind him. So I I was like I think I said to Jack, I'm like, this guy is not a cuz his ERA was like 2 something. It was 281 and you said this guy is not a 281 pitcher. Right. And, and then I'm like, you know, I, I think I said something about wisdom too. I'm like, you know, wisdom should take him deep here or something. And like, I feel like it was like the next pitch, he hit the Homer and it was a fucking monster shot too. And it was one of those ones where you could celebrate before the ball goes over the, the fence. And like Jack said, like you said, while the ball was in the area, it's like, did he do it or something? Like, he's like, did he do it just now or whatever? And like, and like I was going crazy and it was a big moment. Um, and, uh, I I looked at you, Jack, and I kind of I didn't get in your face like like uh, the like um, Nick Castellanos style, but it almost felt that way in the moment because I was like I was exuberant about the Homer, but then I also wanted to like say to you, I'm like I'm like I called it, I called it, like just like just just for the sheer excitement of just calling a home run, um, even though yeah, you don't have to be a fucking sage to have seen that one coming, I guess, but. <laughs> But you know, I don't know. So it was weird. So then, but but then, like you know, I, you forget that it's like, oh yeah, Jack is actually probably super pissed that this just happened. I'm like, I'm totally exuberant, and like, I even apologize. I'm like, sorry, Jack. I'm like, I should have gave you a moment to take that in. No, actually, like, so that that was actually a different time. That, that was, was the, the Hap be- one. That okay. was the the beginning of the game. So ha- Ian Hap was the second batter of the game. The first batter, Jack Peterson, walked, and when so Ian Hap came up, um, and he hit a, he hit a home run. And so just last week, folks, we, we gave you the rundown. The two hits we've seen of Haps have been home runs. So just immediately after the home run, Jeremy, you were like, three hits, three homers, baby. And then you, and then you went, sorry, I should have given you some time to process that one. Because <laughs> I, I wasn't really, I was just sitting there like staring off into the distance. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, 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 it's funny. Um, so, yeah, and then, of course, yeah. And, I mean, listen, I don't know what else I could have done during that eighth inning. It was, it was like a fucking... Uh, uh, just, it was like watching, it was like, um, clockwork orange, like, uh, <laughs> you know, pinning my eye, my eyelids open and watching fucking disturbing imagery, uh, <laughs> just to watch like, you know, your team falling further behind. Um, and it was also, it also should mention that it came after the fact that the Cubs totally blew a shot to take the lead in the top of the eighth inning. So it was just a fucking, and the Cubs had the top of the order do up in the ninth inning. So it was just a total like fucking, uh, violation of like, um, you know, my, my senses. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I was just responding. I probably like, you know, I might, I might have a strained neck from like shaking my head so much in disgust. Cause like, there's nothing else you can do. Um, I'll, I'll say it is funny. Cause like, you know, I don't know. They say like no cheering in the press box or whatever, you know, like sports writers aren't supposed to cheer. Um, we're not exactly sports writers, but I think we go to enough games to where, 
it's kind of taken us beyond just general fandom, you know, and we're kind right. of like doing a, a job of sorts here. But, you know, I still, you know, when I still celebrate, I still get excited when the Cubs do well. Um, Jack is a little tougher nut to crack. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to, you know, not that we've seen too many Brewers games, but um, uh, I've, I heard Jack, I remember, I was kind of remembering back to that Brewers-Mets game and there wasn't much to celebrate because the, the, the Brewers lost that one as well. But um, I haven't had a chance to hear Jack celebrate too much. And Jack is maybe a little more of a understated guy than I am, like, when it comes to these sorts of things. But I did hear Jack, you know, celebrating during the Brewers uh, homers, too. Not as not as exuberant as me. But, but Jack, you are 100% correct. I do like to, like, shuffle down the aisle when, <laughs> when, there's, when there's room to do that. I have... And I have a lot of memories, actually, at Cubs and Bears games of me shuffling down the aisle. Like, uh, I did it during the Javier Baez play at home. I, like, shuffled side to side. So, yeah, it's kind of a, a uncontrolled response, I think. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, Jeremy, I, I am usually a little bit more subdued at games. But uh, I did I did cheer pretty loudly during that Adamas homer. Because, like, when he when he cracked that three-run homer, it's like the game was the game was over. At yeah. that point, um, and it was just like this euphoric sense of like, you know, we uh, we did it, we did it. So that was that was uh, that was good stuff. And I, I, we might as well just touch on this right now since we're still kind of on Boxberger. You did say, I mean, hey, I'll give you credit. You did say this guy is not a 281 pitcher. And then like five seconds later, he gave up a 420 foot home run. <laughs> so I mean, I I think that you know Brad Boxberger is a guy who, like you said, had been good good you know earlier in his career. He had been a closer, but he was practically out of the league. You know, no one's no one's heard anything from Brad Boxberger in, in three years. So, um, you know, I, I think he may have had a little bit of help, you know, from the sticky stuff. So yeah. now that he's now that he's not using that anymore, I would kind of expect his ERA to be over four uh, by if not the all star break, at least by the end of the month. If they give him that long to yeah. to, to balloon that far up, the Cubs at least had the decency to, to put uh, Ryan Tapera on the I.L., because um, he he might be another one of those guys, I guess, because he's he's given up I think six runs in his last two outings. Um, yep. So they put his ass on the IL. Um. But uh. But yeah. So so yeah. That's not good. And if you know the the guy who fucking like lit the whole thing on fire is uh Trevor or Trevor McGill uh, came in gave six six earned runs up in uh, without retiring a batter. Um. By far the worst uh, outing we ever saw of a player, um, for Randall Theater and maybe one of the worst uh, ever. Um, they said, uh, there was some stat, like, I think, um, they were able to find one other time that a reliever gave up six runs without recording an out. And it was, it was actually Andrew Kashner in 2012, I guess. Oh, wow. Um, but I don't know if they said like, since they could, since they were like keeping stats or something, those were the two they find, or maybe that was like, maybe that was the the last time that that happened. I that, that would be my guess. Yeah. Um, But, uh, but yeah, it was pretty, pretty pathetic. His, um, it was historically bad, um, and yeah. I'll say this: the the fun one of the fun things about baseball is you know it, it is kind of a chess match between the uh, the pitcher and the hitter. So the the first uh, the first hitter that McGill faced, I believe there were two there were two men on base, and uh, uh, Willie Adamas uh, came up. Uh, no, it was it was the second hitter because yeah, uh, exactly. he uh, there was a guy on second. Urias was on second. Uh, McGill came in. They intentionally walked Yelich, and so the first the first batter that McGill really had to face was Willie Adamas. Yeah. So you know the first pitch. McGill's only pitched three innings in his whole career. So you know he throws the first pitch, uh, 96 miles an hour for a strike right down the middle, and Adamas takes it. And you know that that was Adamas thinking like, okay, like 
I think this bonehead, like this, just this piece of meat, is just gonna throw me the exact same pitch at the exact same speed because like he probably doesn't have anything else, and that's you know that's all he knows how to do. And so he get he guessed right, and you know yeah. when you when you guess right on a pitch that's going that fast, um, it's gonna go 400 feet because you know hey all, all major leaguers can hit a 96 mile an hour fastball, so that. That that's on Trevor McGill for just not um, you know for just going out there with like a Jason Mott mentality of like yeah I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be a bonehead who just throws it as, as hard as I can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so uh, so yeah, there was that uh, implosion. Uh, we ended up seeing um, Eric Sogard uh, pitch the final out of the of the the inning. And he pitched for the today Cubs. too. Oh, did he? Yeah, so he's uh, he pitched an he pitched an inning and a third in this series. So that's Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's not good. I I will say, Jeremy, I've never seen an actual pitcher get removed middle in the middle of an inning, especially a reliever get removed for a uh, a position player just because they they felt sorry for the reliever. They didn't want him to be embarrassed anymore. It was a <laughs> it was a demoralizing moment for uh, for Trevor McGill. Pretty pathetic. I don't think that they've uh, DFA'd him yet. I, he might have been moved today because they they've made several moves since that game. Uh, Tommy Nance is back up, um, who they sent down for Trevor McGill. Um, so I think. Uh, um, I, guess I wonder maybe, if they called him up because of the Tapera IL. Yeah, thing. that must that must be it. That must be it. Um, but uh, but yeah, so he's up. Uh, just one more thing about Sogard in seeing um, in in being at a few games this year where Sogard has played and he's hit balls into the outfield. Um, that guy has just like, you know, say what you want about that guy. Like he shouldn't be ever, he should never be hitting the ball, like elevating the ball because like he just doesn't, he's not big enough to have power to hit the ball over an outfielder's head. Like he keeps hitting, he'll hit a ball uh, to, to the outfield. And like, there's it, it there inevitably it, it, it dies down right into like an outfielder's mitt. Like he's incapable of having enough, putting enough like juice on it to get it over an outfielder's head for like a double or triple or God forbid a homer. He, he did, did hit one home run. Um, but like, um, this season, but, uh, the guy is just so like powerless. He's so fucking weak. And like, um, I, I just know like Trevor or uh, Nico Horner's due back this weekend for the Cubs. And I just know instead of DFAing Sogard, I know they're just going to demote Alcantara. I'm sure that the, they're going to make that move instead of the fucking right move. Um, which might help them get under eighty five or over over eighty five percent if they DFA Sogard, um, but uh, we'll see we'll see what happens. But uh, that guy is just so weak, um, and uh, uh, yeah. But uh, hey, glad we got to see him pitch. Our second position player we got to see pitch for Randley Theater. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that was bad. And then of course, like in that top of the eighth inning, the Cubs like had a rally going, had a chance to take the lead in the game. Um, Wilson Contreras was on the bench. He didn't start that game cause he had just, he had hit, he'd got hit in, hit in the hand by a 98 mile per hour pitch, uh, the, like the two days before, cause he played the day in between, but they gave him a day off. And like, I know that it was like a scheduled day off. And it's like, if they're going to schedule a day off, like the managers, at least Ross, like is convinced like to not put him in the game. But in that situation, like for a chance to, to take the lead, possibly win that game against a team who you're chasing for first place. And I know it's June 28th. There's still many months left of the season, but the Cubs are in a different situation than some other teams. Um, it's like, you can't let Rafael Ortega take that at bat. Like it's too important of a situation. And like Ross put him out there. Like he stuck to his guns. Didn't put Wilson Contreras in 
Um, and so fast forward to like right now as we're recording this, the Cubs were swept uh, in the series, and they had chances. Um, they had chances in that game. They had chances yesterday to to win the game, and uh, didn't take it because they were sitting their guys. And I know that there's injuries. You know, I get it. And like I know that um, Ross's hands are a little tied because he um, he he like he needs to get these guys healthy, but here's the thing. And like, I know that the, the meatball response is to, you know, it's like, Hey, why don't you put Rizzo out there? Why don't you get KB the at bat? And it's like, the guy's hurt. You know, you want him to take an at bat when he's hurt. Um, but there's a couple things here. Number one, I'll say this overarching, the, 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 the blame here is to be put on the rickets for not spending money on this team to, to fund, to, to fund the Cubs, signing decent bench guys, which is like, you know, if you're going to outfit the team, outfit, you know, number one through 26, I guess. Um, and if, if you do that, you shouldn't have a Rafael Ortega or a Jose Lobaton on your roster because those guys shouldn't be in the major leagues, let alone getting crucial at bats when you're trying to, to win or tie the game or whatever. Um, but, uh, but like, okay. So you, you scheduled Wilson Contreras for a day off. But if you lose this game, you fall. What did they? Did they fall four back at, at that point? Yeah, they fell four back. Yeah. Okay. And so the thing is, is like, yes, it's June twenty eighth, but come July twenty, like you might be playing for like September, but you're not because if this team keeps falling, there's are they six behind now? Then yeah, there's that. That's significant. They yeah. they they doubled the Brewers doubled their lead in the division. Yeah, in this in this series. So the thing is, is like. They don't have uh, August and September to catch the Brewers because if they don't, if they're not anywhere near them, if they're six games out, you know, by this time next month, Chris Bryant and, you know, Javier Baez and whatever, whoever, Chris Bryant for sure, isn't going to be on the Cubs anymore. He's going to be on fucking Atlanta or uh, the Dodger, whoever the fuck. Like, they're going to trade him away. So it's like, I get that you're trying to play for like, you know, the long haul, but like there isn't a long haul. It's like you got to get to the the trade deadline either in first or contending or something and, and then worry about September because like if, if you don't, if you don't get there, they're going to dismantle this team. So like I, I, I understand like the mental, I understand the playbook that Ross is following, but these aren't the right, this isn't the scenario that you're playing. You're not playing a normal scenario because the fucking rickets are, are like, they won't resign these guys. So like, it's really frustrating as a fan. Like they had a chance to 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 take the lead in that game Monday. Yesterday they had uh, I don't know if his bases loaded or runners in second and third, and he sends up fucking Jose Lobatone instead of Chris Bryant. Okay, and I guess Chris Bryant couldn't swing a bat or whatever. I don't know. You know these players are always talking about how they want to go out there and play. It's like if you ask Chris Bryant if he wanted to take that at bat, I'm sure he would have said yes. I don't know. Um, but like. And then when then fucking Lobatone ends up fucking, you know, there was that weird play at first base. Hater like goes back and and dives like to try to tag the base, and Lobatone jumps over him and fucking separates his shoulder, and he's done for the. He's probably done. His career is probably over because I can't foresee Jose Lobatone ever getting signed, getting another chance with another team. So well, all of that, all that tra- in second to last game. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, right. So like all that traces back to like. Okay, now this guy's career is over because, you know, the Cubs can't fucking... I mean, I suppose if the Cubs really fielded a, a contending team, Lobatone wouldn't have been on the team to begin with. Um, but, you know, for and also Lobatone... Hey, by the way, Lobatone, go ahead and step on Josh Hader. No one gives a shit. He's a fucking... He's an asshole. Um, 
So like, yeah, don't hurt yourself trying to not step on Josh Hader. Um, but but I digress. But like, you know, and then today, like, Jake Arrieta is on the team and staked with a seven run lead and ends up blowing it. And it's like, if you had a real pitcher who could get through a fucking seven, get through a game with a seven run lead, you know, they would have they would have also won that game. So it's it's just frustrating that like Ross has made some bad moves. Um, and I think he's to blame for some of these things. Like he's he keeps sticking with Rex Brothers. Rex Brothers uh, ended up pitching that that inning where the Brewers broke it open today. He got the loss today, yeah. Yeah, like he he got through one inning, then he puts him out there for a second inning. And I know I understand Ross needs to like eat innings. He needs someone to eat innings. But it's like why do you, why is Rex Brothers a long man out of your bullpen? Like he shouldn't even be on the roster, let alone being like your long man. Like like in a game where you're like clinging to a tenuous one run lead. Um, so it's super frustrating. Just all of this stuff to see is super frustrating. And like Ross has made some bad moves. Like he didn't man. He did okay last year, but um, at least up until the playoffs he did. Uh, but he only managed 60 games this year. He's doing a whole season and like, you know, he has to think differently with strategy and like, I think he's just overthinking some things. And, and I know that the injuries, I know that his hand, his arms are kind of tied a little bit, but like, this is a different scenario where it's like, you just have to like survive in advance and then worry about it later. Like, and, uh, he's not doing that. He's playing for like, you know, Oh, I got to have my guys healthy for September. It's like, no, you don't because they're not going to be on the team because they're going to dismantle this freaking team. So it's super frustrating as a Cubs fan getting swept by the Brewers, uh, is not what you need to do when you're, when you go into the series down three, three games to them. So I don't know what the hell they're going to do going forward, but, um, uh, it's a fucking piss poor, uh, showing from the Cubs from a team who's like, you know, on the verge of being this finally dismantled. Um, so who the hell knows what's going to happen there, but, uh, question for you, Jeremy, yeah. um, are, uh, are Rizzo and Bryant, um, on the IL? I, I know Bryant no. is not, but is no. Rizzo on the IL? They're not, which is another thing. It's like also, yeah. Also, if you can't get a if you can't get an at bat, fucking put him on the in, uh, injury list and get someone up there who can swing the bat. Yeah, that's a whole nother thing. Neither of them are on the IL. Riz, they're giving, they're letting Rizzo figure it out, but he's been out. He's been out for like four, five games at this he's, point. Yeah, he's been out for the better part of a week. Now. Yeah, put him on the goddamn IL then. If he can't, if he can't grab a bat and bat in a situation where your fucking season is on the line, like then get someone in the in the stadium who can do it, who can at least swing a bat. Who isn't fucking Jose Lobatone or Rafael Ortega? Like find somebody. Find where's Todd Frazier? Get fucking. I'd rather have Todd Frazier get a fucking at bat than than Jose Lobatone. He would. He, the guy would still be able to use his right arm today if they if they had someone decent to get a fucking at bat. It's get somebody, anybody. Yeah, Jesus. It's, it's it's frustrating, Jeremy. And you know the, these these Rizzo and Bryant, they're the the core players on this team, and like they're just they're sitting on the bench, you know, not playing while the season is swirling down the toilet. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's tough. I'll, I'll say this. It makes it a little easier to stomach when they walk at the end of the year. Cause I'm like, I'll, I'll just try to remember how they couldn't fucking grab a bat. Uh, you know, when they were playing the, the brewers. So like, I, I just don't get it. I know it's a, I know it's a, it's not a black and white situation. I know it's complicated, but like it's complicated all around. It's like, yeah, I know you gotta be healthy, but like we don't have the luxury of, of trying to figure it like, you know, like trying to figure things out in August. Like the, they're they're playing for their like and it seemed like they were they were cognizant of that in May when they kind of turned it up there it seemed like they were like oh you know what this is our last chance to do something together um and then like yeah since since that cardinal series they've played like crap they they haven't won a game since the no hitter uh when we recorded our episode last like it's just it's pathetic 
Well, Jeremy, um, I guess to end on a, a well, well, we'll end it on a bad note. But just a couple more things, a <laughs> couple more things from uh, from the Brewers game. Uh, some jerseys. I didn't see this, but there was a Niger Morgan jersey, which is always that's always a good call. And then we saw two guys. They were together. They, this was after the game. They were like, you know, going into their car. One had on a Gallardo jersey, and one had on a, a Brandon Kinsler jersey. So Giovanni yeah. Gallardo and Brandon Kinsler. Um, you know, those are two names from the past. If you're a Brewers fan, so uh, you know, good on these guys, especially with the the Kinsler jersey is a good call. Oh, the, and I saw a guy with a Lee Tunnel jersey on, the oh, former yeah. Brewers bullpen coach. So that was that's, good too. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, at least the the Kinsler was a jersey and not a jersey, but the Niger Morgan and uh, Gallardo were were real, honest to goodness uh, jerseys, which so, is a, yeah, pretty sad. So was the Lee the Lee Tunnel one. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I guess check. we can end it. Uh, Trevor well, Bauer has been um, accused of assault. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we we don't need to get in, in super deep into it, but uh, um, that's an unfolding story that just broke today and um, or, or last, well, yeah, today I guess. Um, and uh, there's some pretty disturbing details about that. So um, there I'm not is, sure. yeah. If if you subscribe to the Athletic, there's a, a an article in there, but I'm sure it's probably all over uh, all of the you know ESPN, CBS News websites at this point. Um, I think just from a baseball perspective, though, it'll be interesting to see if he's allowed to to pitch again. Because yeah, yeah, he, you know, there's there's some serious allegations, and so it'll be interesting if they to see if they shelve him or, or whatnot. Because the Dodgers are certainly paying him a shit ton of money. It, he signed a record breaking contract, and he's one of the most visible and vocal players uh, in baseball. So yep. uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds over the next I- couple of weeks. And I believe, Jack, it was just last... I don't know if you watched the game Sunday night. I think it was Sunday night, and I think it might have been... I, I actually think... I don't know if it was um, Vaskurgeon or... I almost want to say it was Buster only, but, like, someone said, like, you know, something like 30, 40 years from now or something, there's going to be the Hall of Fame, but then there's also going to be, like, the the digital Hall of Fame or something, and, like, Trevor Bauer will be in that Hall of Fame for his, like, contributions, like to like social media or something for the, oh God. for baseball. It's like, oh man, just, you, you came out with that take just a couple two a couple days early on that one because, uh, <laughs> uh, whatever, like hope that Trevor Bauer was going to be like the face of, uh, baseball, by the way, it doesn't take that much digging, like Googling to, to find out just what a piece of shit Trevor Bauer is, uh, even before this story happened. And so it's like, Hey, let's try, let's be a little like better, uh, you know, reporters and like, not forget some of the bull, like some of the shit that Trevor Bauer has said and stupid shit. And like, he seems to be a com- complicated guy. I think, I think I called, I don't know if we said it on this podcast, but I, I mean, he has some incel tendencies, I would say for oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, this, uh, this, the allegations, um, couldn't smack. It's like, show me you're an incel without saying you're an incel. Um, and then just read that art. Then like someone shows, like gives a link to that, that article. But, um, yeah. So, um, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's not good. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, Trevor Bauer is a piece of shit. Um, whether or not, however, this story ends up, um, he, he always has been. So, um, so there you go. Um, and, uh, yeah. And not that, not that Garrett Cole is any better, but, uh, I mean, he's, he's certainly not doing this kind of stuff, but I know that there's, <laughs> there's a rivalry there. Um, but you know what? Sometimes in a rivalry, both people can suck. So, so there you go. Yeah. Um, but anyway, 
Well, hey, Jeremy, we've been we've been going on for, for quite a while now, so I think this was a successful episode, um, and it was a good thing we were able to get to a, another game, um, especially somewhere outside of Chicago. Yeah, definitely. Um, a road road game for, for Rain Delay Theater, and uh, hopefully there'll, there'll be some more uh, as the season goes on. But uh, we'll wrap it up for today, um, and we'll catch you on the next episode. So uh, for, for Rain Delay Theater, I'm Jeremy Dionisio. I'm Jack Schakowsky. We'll see you.